do a television <laughs> show, but I mean, let's, let's do a television. Let's show. do a <laughs> 2021. <laughs> It'll be awesome. All right, fine. Let's do a podcast. Welcome everybody to episode number 45 of Random Draw, a board game podcast. I'm your host Daniel Mann. With me, as always, um, Dave Hubbard. That's me, <laughs> Mark Belisle. Hey there. I, that's all I had. I did. I was like, we, I didn't have a thing this week, and we, you caught me off guard by well, almost we make calling Mark Dave go, me. We make Mark go last because he always says something stupid. Yeah, uh, it's insanity. But I was watching Mark watching Dave, and it distracted <laughs> me. No, I got distracted. Yeah, it's, it's a I'm distractible on, thing. I'm only human. If you are not familiar with us, we are a board game podcast at 45 episodes in. Mm-hmm. So we are almost, an or two. We're almost Man, good at it. I was going to say, we are closing in on 50. <laughs> we, <laughs> yep, we are. That, five, is, that is how numbers work. Yeah, according to my math. Fun. Like, it's going to be like in the springtime. It's mm-hmm. going to be when we hit episode 50. It's gonna be sunshine. We should give something fun away. Mm-hmm. We should do not terrible games. We should give <laughs> like something fun away. You're correct. What should we give away? What should we tease five episodes away? <laughs> we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, we'll here's see. what we do. All right, we yeah. do like one of those 1990s sitcom bachelor dates. Okay, where we raise money for dates with us. <laughs> that's a bummer. We're, and then we're we all sort of that. long-term taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's fine. You know, fine like, with it doesn't who? have to be like I bet, miss it. I bet Amber's not fine with it. Jack would think... be thankful for the night away from. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I bet Candy would be thankful for the night off. <laughs> oh, you deal with him tonight. <laughs> oh, this is this now he to you. Now Don't he's... feed him after midnight. Yeah, now he's now he's your problem. He wants a Burger King chicken sandwich. Take him. <laughs> I'm married to him. I'm unconcerned about your evening alone <laughs> yeah. together. There's only one person going to be disappointed here, and it's going to be you. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. no it's just throwing out there. We can brainstorm. Yeah, yeah step we'll one, you'll have to get to Delaware on your own dime. Yeah. We don't have money for that. Uh, so, like I said, we're a board game podcast, despite uh, whatever's going on now. <laughs> So what we do in this show is we're going to talk, we're going to review some board games, and then we're going to do a topic. All three of us combine together and work out all this information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then Mark delivers it all as if he did all the as research. As if he did it all himself. On his own, yeah. yeah. But just so the viewers it's know. Like it's like I have always said, it takes a village to raise a topic. <laughs> so anyway, a topic is just <laughs> Thank a- you, Markery Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> we're clever boys. We're so clever. So we, Wouldn't we, you want to take one of us clever boys out on a date, ladies or gentlemen? Oh, clever girl. <laughs> At this rate, I feel like it's a date they win that they have to fly here and then pay for. <laughs> like, all they win is that they have to spend a night with us, and I'm not sure that's a prize. It is a not. It yeah, is a, sure. It is a Especially like when I'm like, you know, looking at my wallet and like, I don't know, man, I'm a, I'm a podcaster. I yeah. have money. <laughs> I don't know how much you think I make, but it ain't that. I think here's what would actually happen. It would be three guys who won it, and I would just DM for them. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I think that's more realistic. Oh, you want to play crocodile? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> greatest night ever. Yeah. Let's start off our board game reviews with a little game I like to call, because of its name, Liftoff. <laughs> <laughs> you like to call it that because it's named that's what that. it's called, Liftoff. Yeah. I purchased Liftoff as a gift for Dave. Yes, you did. And then I regretted it while I was playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, on the other hand, thoroughly enjoyed this I game. I thought, I wish I would have got him a better game. And And... The problem is, I loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so, a big fan. Like, you gave me a great game for sure. me. Yeah, but that doesn't matter to me. The, here's the problem. <laughs> That's fair. Here's the problem when I'm purchasing board games for other people. You know, This is a mistake I will not make anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is when I'm purchasing a game for one of you guys, I try to pick something I think you'll like. Oh, But what yeah. I need to start doing is pick a game I know I'll like. 
exactly. And then you'll nonstop be like, hey, do you want to play that game that I kindly gave you? Hey, remember that game I bought you? Could you bring that for me to play? <laughs> I would just like wrap it up. <laughs> that, would, that would be your next birthday. Yeah, just regift it to you. This would be like, great. He cl- Dave, he clearly wants This is it. the long con where I just get all of the games eventually. <laughs> we should start gifting each other games from our collection that we know that the other person likes and we don't. Oh, that'd be oh, that's fun. interesting. Yeah. yeah that'd be, the be cheap like a way fun to do. Christmas thing. <laughs> be the cheap Christmas thing. <laughs> Certainly would be. Uh, so, Dave, huh. uh, tell us about Liftoff. Should you should have you... counted him down. Oh, yeah. You want Five, us to count you down? Four. Start at 30. Okay, 30. <laughs> <laughs> it's riveting radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do they start out in real life? 10? Yeah. I'm sure there's so. an actual no, countdown. No, it's like hours. Yeah, like, but the count then. Count hours. Yeah, People but... start shouting it at 10, but like that's. Who <laughs> shout it? The mission control? People no. who can't get over New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, man. I need People, New Year's Eve all the time. People in the stands watching uh, a launch. Have you never, have you guys never gone and seen a live launch? Never, never seen a live oh, launch. Oh, no, I don't, I don't care. Oh. I'm too afraid that my presence would make something historical happen. <laughs> <laughs> in a bad way. In a bad way. You, you think yeah. very highly of yourself. This is a good time to talk about liftoff because we're about to land that Tesla on the the mars <laughs> on the mars on whatever the mars? yeah the te- oh, i didn't realize yeah i guess you go on for mars huh yeah so well not tesla but i mean it's electric or something yes yes some sort of rover <laughs> yeah dave's dave's our resident space boy so yeah. i think that's I why never i never want to leave earth game because it was a space game and mm-hmm. each Obviously. of you play a space agency okay and you are attempting to launch missions into space and so the basic core of the game is Uh, You have a rocket, and the rocket costs a certain amount of money to launch and can carry a certain amount of tonnage. And those, both of those things will change throughout the course of the game. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) You can uh, try to make it carry more tons, but then it costs more to launch. But then you can add more thrusters that make it cheaper to launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I like to do is just add all of the things. So it's a very tall rocket with a bunch of thrusters. It's easy to keep track of. Overcompensate. (laughs) It's still expensive, though. It's no helicopter. Each round, a joke. <laughs> each round is a lot of drafting, which is something we all very much like love. Drafting. A draft, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I think if this had just had a draw mechanic, I would have liked this game a lot less. But the drafting mechanic works out really well. Pretty much all of your actions throughout the game will come from these cards that you're drafting uh, in this first phase. You'll get three cards after your drafts are over. You're only going to play two. You play them one at a time in order, and then you move on to the next phase of the game. Once you've played your cards, uh, they do various effects. They might give you money. They might let you purchase different resources. They might let you draw more cards so that way you have more missions to launch uh, at the launch section of the game. Then you move on to the launch section of the game. If you can afford it and you have the correct resources and you have the correct level of your mission control, then you can launch your rocket into space. And it can carry up to the tonnage that it is rated for and then that many missions make it into outer space. The missions do various things. They mainly are different point generators, but they'll also upgrade your base or give you yeah. more resources. Build or like you they do a, ton a little of space stuff. engine. Mm-hmm. Yes. To a point, that's what this is. This is a space engine builder. This is one of those few games where they give you tokens to say, like, you can have 100 or 200 or 300, like, lap the board right. a bunch of times. And as usual, we looked at each other. We were like, <laughs> like, that's going to that happen. seems like yeah, these are unnecessary. Happens well, to everyone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Scores of 250 are not uncommon in this mm-hmm. game. Like, you know, especially uh, you'll see a huge jump in scores at the end of the game because each of you also has uh, two little secret <laughs> things you're trying to work on that will give you a ton of points at the end of the game. 
as you're playing the game, uh, you're you're doing these actions from these drafted cards, and some of them will also let you build a space station. And it's kind of neat. The space station is purely like point generation as well as uh, increasing your monetary income every round. But they actually have little tokens where you get to put pieces onto the space station. Yeah. And it has, like, nothing to do with actual it's gameplay. Absolutely nothing to do but with it. But it's really fun. Yeah, it's always fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, like, it was a lot of fun. I'll put this arm here. I'll put this capsule there. Yeah. And it yeah. does nothing for the rest of the game. <laughs> but it's neat. I appreciate that they added that little element just for funsies. Yeah. yeah. It's just a little something to think about next time you're, like, loading up the rocket to the international space station oh absolutely like, this... where can i put this robotic arm that can be the least helpful <laughs> <laughs> turns out directly on the capsule obviously <laughs> on the tip of the capsule <laughs> can it reach the cargo bay to nope. put things no it cannot can it try to throw it in yes yeah. it can <laughs> it can gesture wildly at passing aliens <laughs> i use it to wave at aliens <laughs> So you can have as many missions on the ground pretty much as you want as long as there's no repeats. But launching missions into space is the only way to take advantage of them. They're worth absolutely nothing as long as they're still being planned at mission control. Yeah, you don't get anything for ideas. No, but you get a lot for launching things into space. Yeah, just throwing stuff at the sun. This is one of those games where you always feel like you don't have quite enough money to do everything you want to do. But you can have enough money to do most of the things you want to do. Yeah. Which I actually think is a very tight design. I always had enough money. I didn't, like, never had enough tonnage. Yeah. That's, that, <laughs> exactly. Like, you always seem to be, like, short of You're one You're short resource. of something. Yeah. Because yeah. this last game, I had a ton of money just yeah. hanging around. And then I just could not build a, a bigger rocket yeah, or that's, anything. Yeah, I had all of the thrusters. So it was real cheap for me to go to space, but I could only carry, like, one thing. Yeah. Like, I could only have a carry-on. And that was another interesting thing is uh, there are levels of missions, level one missions, always one ton. And, you, and your base rocket can carry one ton. And then the level two missions, two tons, three, three, four, four, like that. And so as you go throughout the game, you're trying to add more tonnage. But as part of the actions of these cards that you're drafting... Some of them will add more tonnage. Some of them will make launching a rocket cheaper. Some of them will just give you money or give you victory Mm -hmm. points or as well Mm -hmm. as give you a couple of actions to do on your turn. When I was first reading the rules to this game, I was kind of confused because I was like, well, how do you do things in the game? And then you very quickly realize, oh, it's the cards. cards, Literally, that is how you do all the actions. And the the cards all have like two options on it. Like, and you, if you've got the funds, you can do both options. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everything is optional. Like you don't have to do any of any of it. Yeah. But you do have to play two cards, but that is it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gameplay itself is like really tight, I would say. Very and, much so. And, and even, quick. Does not overstay its welcome. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's very fast. Yeah. Like, by the time you realize, like, you're going into the second half of the game, I think it's, I, it's literally, like, two rounds if you're playing with three people. It's the, a card countdown. Yeah, there's two halves to this game, because <laughs> that's how halves work. The first <laughs> half, as soon as I said it, I knew how dumb it was. Um, the, the first half of the game Which, ends when you go there's through... There's three halves to this game. <laughs> well, yep. no. They're called periods, hockey. <laughs> so... <laughs> When you go through the deck of these cards is when you end the first phase of the game. You reshuffle all the cards, and then you start the second half of the game. When you start the second half, except for the level one missions, all of the other missions either come out onto the board. You cannot do level three and four missions the first half of the game. Um, So they all come out onto the board as possibilities, Mm -hmm. whereas level two missions get more expensive to do. The second half of the game does exactly the same thing. Uh, Once you run out of the deck of cards, the game is over. And 
it tells you in the rules how many cards to take out so it is always an even game and the same amount of rounds given to three or four players very cool and i like the art a lot in this the game. art's awesome it's all like that fun pop art like fallout style yeah, i was gonna say it has big fallout energy coming. yeah out very it. much so mm-hmm. and then wooden rocket tokens mm-hmm. you don't really need the wooden tokens but it was nice to have like, yeah you could have used anything for never those gonna, but never gonna turn my nose up at a wooden token no <laughs> and they did a really good job on the iconography too like there's yeah. only like four or five icons in the entire game and yeah. they're all very consistent when you first yeah. look at it you're kind of like over just like most games you first look at it and you're like what the what does any of this mean but yeah. it's once you do it one time you're like oh i totally I get, get this I yeah get i'm a smart boy big fan of communists and capitalist robots yeah, so funny yeah. all of the cards have like the crazy scientist mm. or this is a planner or this is whatever but there's also a capitalist robot and a communist yeah, robot. Cap- <laughs> capitalist robot gives you a bunch of money communist robot gives everybody money yeah, that's right it's fun yeah it it's is a lot fun. of fun it's super super good design i like this game pretty pretty well i, I like really fine. enjoyed this game a lot I uh, but this i game pretty well i was like i don't know where i'm like have you ever like started to say a sentence and then halfway through you realize i don't know where this no is going. i never say anything unless i know exactly what i'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like one of those people that like thank god I'm not like on TV regularly like live yeah cuz I would just like make stuff up <laughs> <laughs> Like, I would start the sentence with a factual like statement and then yeah. I'd like halfway through I'd lose the plot and then I'd be like and dinosaurs had cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles. Dinosaurs' favorite game was Texas Hold'em. Yeah, everyone <laughs> knows this. Any sense. It's uh, widely studied by most paleontologists that dinosaurs were skilled at bluffing and uh, deduction and interpersonal skills. Yeah, it was what they did with their feathers. Eggs. Then you would just keep going with it? Because <laughs> yeah. now I don't know how to get out of it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, go go sure. to a commercial. <laughs> I need I need a help. I need bailout, I, I please. I need help. Please help me. <laughs> don't just watch me fail <laughs> that's liftoff it's fun that is like a fun game it is a fun game mark tell us about liftoff. <laughs> i was waiting for it yeah so it was, nice. I, I mean it, it's fine liftoff published in 2018 by z-man games who also published pandemic uh the design was by urin vandersteen oh urin 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 i'm gonna Yor- go with urin urin i said urin but it's only because my southern accent betrayed me yet yeah. again oh hello mr urin <laughs> vandersteen, vandersteen. Uh, Mr. Vandersteen is a control systems engineer for the European <laughs> Space Agency. Oh, no way. Yeah, this is his first game. The art was done by Creative Bunker, who did Calavera. His Not... name is Creative Bunker? No, I think it was like a, company, was like a probably. Yeah. yeah, it was probably like a collective so much... of some sort. I just want like the picture in my head of somewhere. There's just some mom lying in a hospital bed holding this baby, just looking down at his face and going... I'm going to call you Creative Bunker. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Well, they already have the last name. Yeah. Their last name's Bunker. No, like I assume Archie Archie's Bunker. He goes by his middle name. Archie Bunker yeah. had Creative Bunker. Creative Bunker. <laughs> uh, they did Calavera. Also helping out with the art was Nache Ramos, who is a Nacho. graphic designer and illustrator. This is his first game. And finally, Andreas Reich, who is a nature photographer and did Istanbul and Das Verwischfeld. What did he do on this game? Nature photographer? Yeah, <laughs> he's a nature really... photographer, yeah. Was he taking pictures of... Capitalist robots. Capitalist robots <laughs> in the wild. All right, yeah. capitalist robot, I need you to look like you're going to extort someone. <laughs> profit, profit. I did robot arms because yeah. it's a visual medium. But it's good. <laughs> Just so everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is liftoff. We're going to rate this game 1 to 10, not using the number 7 because that's a cop-out. Mark, how many uh, capitalist (laughs) spaceships would you give 
liftoff, one Ooh. to ten, not using the number seven. I like this game quite a bit. I like any game that, even though my score may be bad, you won this game. I, yeah. I won the second yeah. game through a sheer. I didn't play the first game, but yeah, I got Dave smashed just like space rocks the first game. I had high hopes because I was in the lead, yeah, you leading were for, like, into the final game. scoring. Yeah, and then I got, I got a lucky draw. I drew into okay. two orbital Fair. outposts, which was like super. Say what you will, fortuitous. You're being very uh, kind yeah. winner right wins now, a win, but Mark. yeah, you a destroyed a me uh, by a fair amount. My uh, I have a journal of self deprecation. <laughs> I, I, won. I won. I won, but I didn't deserve Listen, it. I kind of backed. In, I kind of backed into this win. Uh, I actually had a really good time, though. Um, this game is kind of the perfect seven for me. Mm, okay, well, that's we don't, not a thing. We don't do seven, so, so make your choice. Is this make, so, seven game of the year? Yeah, ooh. yeah. It might be. It's a, it's a strong number seven of the year. I will give this game an eight, though, because ooh. I think there's enough there, like design wise. I love that it doesn't like overstay its welcome. A lot of these times with like a, like kind of heavier. Not, this game's not super heavy, but there's no. a lot of choices to be made. Yeah. yeah. And, like, those games a lot of the time can, like, sort of linger a little too long at the table. And you're, like, looking at the clock yeah. and being like, man, I really There's a lot of choices. You'd definitely jack this up mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. But, yeah. but there was a shockingly small amount of downtime. Yeah. I did love that, Yeah, too. A lot of the stuff that happens once you get past the playing of the cards happens simultaneously. And even yeah. the playing of the cards are decently quick. Pretty yeah. quick, yeah. Dave, 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many communist robots would you give Ooh. liftoff? You get- I give this game a firm 8. I was not Chris. torn with 7. Um, this, Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the mechanic. This style of game, both having so little downtime and... And not overstaying its welcome. Because I think those two things are rare in this style of game. Mm-hmm. And they worked so beautifully in this game. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it is definitely one of those games that ends right when you feel like you're getting your feet under yourself. Yeah. Which is the perfect time for it to end. So an eight for Dave. Dan, how many socialist robots would you give? <laughs> Lift off. Um, you guys both gave an eight. I think an eight is the number you guys gave it. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> I will give it a six. I was not as high on this. I-, I think it is a good game, but I'm not, like, if I never played it again, I'd be totally fine. Yeah. It is uh, It is fun. I do like the art, and all the components were very good. It's just, like, parts of it I was like, eh, I don't care. At some point, I'm just like, I'm just going to launch this into space because I just don't, I have to launch something <laughs> gotta, into space. Shoot something up there. So I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, there you go. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's, like, luck of the draw, right? Like, so Mark yeah. got those two awesome cards at the mm-hmm. end. And I had like I didn't get those cards, so yeah. uh, you're you can hedge your bets. Like you can get some cards that let you draw more space missions, but you can only keep a certain amount. So if you get like four of the same space mission, you're like, <laughs> oh crap! Like I can only keep one of these. So <laughs> that some happened of, to me a couple of times. Like, me it does too. Happen. And that's mm-hmm. that's the only reason I brought up because there was like multiple occasions where I draw drew multiple of the same card, and I was like, oh, okay, that's my choice. Then I, I will take this one. Yeah. yeah, I guess I'll take a third water probe. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just keep <laughs> launching the same thing up. Yeah, this yeah. one was also pretty fair too because there's um certain cards in the level one mission that lets you upgrade your your base for free yeah like your mission control for free and that is a very expensive action to take in this game mm-hmm. and so it was even in our game i think there's three of them and each of us got one yeah. whereas like the first game we played i think i got all three yeah and I, like i had a level four base and i didn't pay a dime for it yeah i mean like i feel like that's just the nature of these style of games sure. sometimes you just have to like adapt and see yeah. what happens yeah comes for sure way. you just gotta go roll with the punches yeah man sometimes you get the orbital platform other times you get deep deep space exploration. remember remember that roll with the punches when we talk about other games during tonight's show that's right you got to roll with the punches. i feel like this is some light foreshadowing a little light foreshadowing <laughs>
really... <laughs> so lift that is lift off. I say pretty good game. You guys say better than good game. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is our scientific rating. <laughs> we're really we're forty five episodes in. I mean, <laughs> we got we're the... super good at this, guys. I would. I don't. I don't often say we're masters at anything. Yeah, but we're getting what's it like ten thousand hours? I say you're a master, and easily we have that right. I was gonna say forty five episodes at an average of an hour forty five minutes an episode. We're not at ten thousand hours. No, but, but we're still master like, level. But think of <laughs> yeah, like we're kind of savants when it comes. Yeah, to Yeah, I think that's when they say that number. That's for like the average person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When so, you just take to it like Paula Dean to butter. Yeah. <laughs> And but ra- only and, butter and also racism <laughs> yeah. so to both those super good yeah uh so let's go on to our next game earth-based game we're gonna talk about parks i want it to be more of a title but that is it just yeah parks. Is- it's unusual because like a lot of the times like these days how long can i make this title there's no cold yeah parks can colon cold? outside walking game <laughs> Yeah, outside walking simulator. Outside walking simulator and picture taker. Another glorious day in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, parts. This is also Dave's game. Oh, yeah. This yeah. one I bought for my little self. Yeah, you did it. I Aww. picked this up on sale. I had looked at it a couple of times and always been like, I feel like this is a game I'll really enjoy. Um, and my wife will really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I saw it go on sale. So, you know, that that is the time, being yeah. the poor person pull, that I am. Pull yep. the trigger. <laughs> yep. um, when, uh, make hay while the sun shines. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or walk through parks while the sun shines. Yeah, collect water during the season of rain. And you've yeah. described Colon. this game. So. <laughs> Colon rain water. So yeah. if you've ever played the game Takedo, there is a lot of in common I, with I'm that game. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dan does not like Takedo. It's just so boring. And it, despite the fact that it's a great game, and mm. this is better Takedo. <laughs> yeah, it's like, literally how I describe it. And I realized going into this with like, Dan, I was like, That's a bad sell. Dan, I'm going to describe this, this game is, and I don't want to. This is the second time you guys did this to me because the whole time before you're describing Liftoff, you were totally like throwing out things that you knew I hated. <laughs> and I'm just like, and I try to keep an open mind. And like, Liftoff was fine. I think some of it was some gaslighting, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh <laughs> but it was it was fine but parks was the same way they're like hey remember takedo i yeah. remember your fun yeah. experience you had with takedo where he painted pictures and stood in the line yeah <laughs> well, well there's a lot of lines well, now standing. you can go to state parks but play the same basic game yeah um yeah. so i seriously think this is better takedo in my opinion and i really like takedo i wish i knew what i ranked it but we reviewed that game before we i don't codified we, any reason i don't think, say, we've I don't ever, think we ever reviewed we ever it. talked I think about that takedo. was like way earlier. i'll do it right now three okay <laughs> <laughs> now i would give it a five because it is a perfectly it's a, average it's game. a perfectly workable there's game. nothing wrong with the game i remember going into Takedo and being like, oh my god, I can't believe we're playing this vacation yeah, you, game. I thought I had a kindred spirit, but yeah. no. And then I played it and I was like, that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah it's like, it's oh, fun. Yeah. let's play more pictures. And I was like, you're an idiot. So, <laughs> Where's the zombies? Why does no one have a gun? So in Parks, the whole point of the game is to uh, get victory points based upon going to these different parks. Yeah. And taking pictures along the way. That's what I chose to And do. that is pretty much the two ways you get victory points outside yeah. of a secret objective everyone has but they are worth very few points and i find don't necessarily give you a win or a loss don't i think do them. i think what they do is especially if you're a new player they give you something to work towards yes yeah. yes and that's how i used it because i was like i don't know how to play this game because dave gives you like the brief rules and then he's like let's just play so i can <laughs> destroy I mean, you at it i mean in his defense it's kind of like how we all do that's it. 
yeah, we yeah. all do it. But <laughs> in this case, unless you want to like try to teach games to Stadler no, 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 and no. Waldorf, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> which is what it's yeah. like. That is exactly what like, it's we like. We are just the worst to teach games to. So I think it's all of our out. Like you reach a point which you know you're going to yell at them soon. Yeah. And so you just so your out is to go. All right, I think we've gone over I enough. Think we yeah. should just, start playing. You get the out. You play. <laughs> My favorite is when we say, "Oh, you've played games before." Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm going to give you the key rules to this game, and then as soon as you start interrupting and talking over me, I will make you play the round and destroy you at that round. <laughs> and deep down, we all know we deserve yeah. it. Yeah, it's like, I, go, okay. I have this coming. And then I'll go, I didn't know that rule, and you'll go, I told it to you, and then I'll go, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. I probably. know how I am. Yeah, probably. Was it, yeah. was it when I was doing one of the five things I was doing when you yeah. were setting rules? What, why? Was I talking? Yeah. <laughs> I was making jokes about butts over here. Yeah. <laughs> I had funny jokes to make. <laughs> one of the nice things about this game is, unlike Takeda, where you just have your one traveler, in this one, every uh, player has two hikers. Mm, yeah. The only rule is, uh, when the second to last hiker hits the end of the track, then the last hiker left must move to the end of the yeah, track. Yeah, he, like, sprints to the yeah, trail. He's left behind. He's gotta, terrified. got to catch up. You don't want to get eaten you by wanna, wolves. Yeah, you, you don't want to be 187 hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if the trail is going away, and you don't know how long those breadcrumbs last? What? Yeah, <laughs> that's not... That's it's not definitely how, a hiking that's word. That's not hiking <laughs> <word>. <laughs> I, I know a lot about hiking. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> yep, I know that if you see a duck on the trail, you follow the duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've hiked across multiple video game worlds, so I <laughs> very clearly know. I know, because I look at the compass and the over all map yep. that tracks my position. <laughs> so this game is pretty... Hey, where's my HUD? <laughs> oh, I can't figure it out. This game, much like Takedo, is pretty linear in that you move forward through these different tasks you can do. You take one of your hikers, you put it on one space, you do whatever's on that space, and then you do that again in order. Um, the difference is this is played in four seasons, and every season adds one extra track to the, the board, the spaces that you're moving your hikers on, and you reshuffle them every time as well. So they change order, and a different weather condition comes out. So every season, there's a one extra little rule that affects everyone, and it will put extra little resources out for you to land on. First hiker to land on each of those spaces gets the extra resource Everyone else can just get whatever the base space says. Um, There are a couple different resources. Uh, The components of this game are fantastic. They're all wooden. And the wilds are all different animals. Which is really cool. Yeah, it was really Uh, cool. That's one of my favorite things. It's just a really neat little component. It's unnecessary, but it's very fun. There's little suns. There's little mountains. There's little uh, rain droplets. This game is overproduced. (laughs) Yeah. I will say yeah, that we'll yeah. this game was 100% worth the on-sale price. Yes. yes. Yeah. I bet that on-sale price would have been the normal MSRP price yeah, if, if you would wasn't. have just, just make cardboard punch-outs, which I don't prefer. I want wooden pieces. but Yeah, when you told me how much this game regularly retails for, I like almost had a spit Because it's a small box. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's a, very a small box. box. And when you said it was $50, I was like, I'm sorry. $50 American? Yeah. I was like, come again? <laughs> like, I will pay so 50 much money. ruples or pesos. Yeah, and I feel like it might yen. have gone down in price now, but... Yeah, it's been out for, it's been yeah, out it's for, been a, out for a while now. It's not as hot as it was. I will also say the, the um, <laughs> insert, fantastic. Good oh, insert. yeah, good insert. Like, fantastic insert. Love Everything insert. fits flawlessly. Fantasy I even flight. like... I even like that um, both there's two different inserts that hold all of the different tokens, Mm -hmm. but each of them hold the same, like a mix of all of the tokens. You can set them in two different spots and everyone can still reach the stuff. Yeah, that's uh, that's so nice. Love a good insert. I'm willing to pay extra for an insert. 
Yeah, it was I like uh, Wasteland extra... Express levels good. Yeah, yeah I don't need extra good. tokens, but I will pay more for a good insert. <laughs> There's a bunch of different components to this game. Like you can get backpack, which is uh, different backpack items, which are just little uh, rules that make your character a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get canteens, which you put water in, and they will also, once again, do a little thing that is just specific to your character. You can take pictures, and every single picture you take is worth one victory point, period. But every single one of them is an actual photograph from one of the parks that is in the game. The art of this game is fantastic. Almost every park, in fact, I think every park, is a different artist. Yeah. Yes. And everyone is based on a real state park. They all have little state park facts at the bottom of them when you get them. Love a card fact. Uh, they're, they're fantastic when it comes to the art of this game. Really enjoyable. I learned about a couple new state parks that I didn't know exist, and I can't wait to visit. <laughs> I know. you got you got like big plans to go do a boat park. I yeah. do. There's a state park in Florida that's like a boat park. This um, game didn't change my life at all. <laughs> <laughs> my life trajectory was not changed by this game. At its core, it's better Takedo. That is yeah. my yeah, for sure. I mean, that is definitely like the most apt way. It, it is definitely better Takedo. Like it is because <laughs> Takedo I do not care for. And this mm. game I thought was fine. So that is that. Fair enough. <laughs> That's true. Rating given. <laughs> so the thing I thought, it kind of makes me laugh because when I touched all these little meeples, they're so rough. They are so yeah. rough. They're very rough. A and lot like of times. The, when you... All the other components are really smooth. Yeah. Like they, they're very tactile. Ple- like just tact- Tactically pleasing. Especially like the, the tarot sized cards. They have like that mm-hmm. really nice like card stock that they printed mm-hmm. them on. But man, those meeples, man, I thought I was going to get a splinter. Much like regular nature. I like the idea of it, but it's just uncomfortable. (laughs) But I'm an inside boy. (laughs) Yeah. I like to be inside because the sun and nature is outside. Yeah. What I love is that most state parks have websites where you can take virtual tours. That's what I'm into. Yeah. That's always fun. I love a state park, too. It is both free and safe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love, man, I, so I don't think I've ever been to like a full on big boy national park. Really? I don't think so. I might not have been. Yeah. I've, I've been to like a ton of state parks. Yeah. But, like, but I've never think... been to like Grand Canyon or Mount Zion. I've never been to those places. No, I peed into the Grand Canyon. I own it. It is mine. That's not how any. That of is that... how it works. Yeah, squatters. According rights. to my dog, that is how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a national park. I've been to a national zoo. Does that count? Sure. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. Well, also, just... some of those national parks I kind of like squint at, like the whole yeah. uh, St. Louis Gateway Park. Yeah. Where yeah it's that's like, not. I don't You're know, in the man. middle of a city. Come on. I get yeah. It. It's St. Louis. This isn't nature. You built this. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a national chunk of grass with a giant arch over it. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the rest of this McDonald's arch? <laughs> <laughs> It's diet. It's, it's, it's the diet arch. Yeah. I hate it. Excuse me. Can you take those tiny onions off your burgers, please? Yeah. This is the worst part. This is the worst part. Yeah. Why are these chopped up like this? Get those if out I, of here. If I forget to order no onion, uh, no onions. No onion. No onion. It's hard. Scrape it off. It's oh. hard to get off. Man, damn went full cage in there. <laughs> You'll get your onion. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the thing, man. Once those like little onions get on that burger, it's done. I hate it's little ruined. onions. I don't it's mind ruined. the onion taste. I don't like the consistency of those onions yeah. i don't like raw onions i like cooked onions dave that's a good take that's good take you make good take <laughs> mark talk to us about parks parks published in 2019 by Keymaster games little known fact Keymaster games is the sister company of gatekeeper games what about gozer games uh it's the parent company <laughs> 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 Woo! uh they did caper 
That was a very dumb line of jokes there. Or it was the best line of jokes. It was very good. Yeah. It was a line of jokes for sure. <laughs> it was a line of nonsense. It's very, it's very, uh, they did Caper. Uh, the design was done by Harry Audubon, who did Space Park. And the art was done by the Space 59. Park. Yeah, I don't know. I've never Dave, even heard Space of Space Park. Park. Seems like a game I should own. Cicado yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, would, that would be so dope. Would it, though? Yes. <laughs> what if it was like Space Amusement Park and then you had to go stand in line for amusements? What yeah, if it was like Takedo in Space but an engine builder? <laughs> It would be Dan's worst nightmare. It would. Just terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The art was done by the 59 Parks Print Series, which was a collective of artists who designed one print for each national park, which I thought was really cool. And you go on the website and you can buy the actual prints from from the game. Some people are way better artists than others. Yeah. (laughs) It was different styles that I like more. Better. (laughs) We were trying to describe to Dan that it was different styles and he would not take it. Some people are better. Look at it. It looks more real. I love (laughs) that. That does not mean better. That means different style. That's better. My favorite one was definitely the one with the the bear swimming and it was like yellow and black and silver and yeah it was like kind of cartoony but i was into it i liked yeah. it well there's better ones i'm pro, I like the I'm pro bear <laughs> there's better. i like the wolf one that was my favorite because it looked like a real wolf yeah <laughs> dan true. thinks that art is <laughs> dan, just pictures Dan's like hey hey if i buy a print can you send it on an iron-on transfer so I can put it on a T-shirt? <laughs> can you get not just – there? I like the one wolf, but if there could be like two more. <laughs> and then an American flag yeah. in the back. And if they were like howling at something, like, like I, I don't know, a moon. There a needs moon? to be a moon, and they're on a background of an American flag, yeah. and there's an eagle going over, and he's holding – Two machine guns. He's holding machine guns, <laughs> and Uncle Sam is riding him, yeah. and all the wolves are wearing red, white, and blue tuxedos. <laughs> We've just designed the average Walmart shirt. The greatest t-shirt <laughs> yep. of all time. I love it. Dave, Parks, 1 to 10, not using uh, the number 7. How many um, American flag tuxedo wolves would you give <laughs> Parks? I would say that I would give Takedo an eight, and I would give this game a nine. Yes. Dang. He loves I, it. I thoroughly like Takedo, and I think this game is just literally better Takedo. I really enjoy this Beans game a lot. Beans loves I can't loves wait to this. play it again. I think it's That's perfectly incredible. well designed. I love the footprint. Love everything about it. Man, all right. I like the Dan, one like to the ten. Moxie. <laughs> yeah. One to ten. <laughs> What, you gave it a nine? Yeah. One to ten. <laughs> I like the <laughs> One to, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> one, one to ten, not using number seven. How many tuxedo, American flag tuxedo wolves would you give us? I will give this game a six. I would have given Takedo a five. <laughs> I think this game is fun. Like, it's fun-ish. Again, I, if I never played it again, I'd be super happy with the rest of my life. I like the components a lot. I thought traveling to parks and collecting things was more fun than painting pictures. Oh, painting pictures like in Takedo? In Takedo, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did like taking pictures, but that's just because I like always had the camera. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, easy for actual, you. There's yeah. an actual camera token, and it costs you one less resource to take a picture if you yeah. have the camera token. So I had it. I might as well take them pictures. There's also yep. a metal first player token. I'm always a sucker for a metal token. It's no giant raccoon. It's got some sweet Megadeth licks it plays when you take it. Oh, is it metal? <laughs> is uh, it metal? <laughs> Mark, 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many American flag tuxedo will I made that too long. American flag tuxedo wolves, would you give Parks? Oh, man. I got to give this game. Let's see. I, I'm going to have to agree with Dan here. It's definitely a 6. 
Oddly enough, like if the Meeples hadn't been no, I'm not gonna go that far. Do I was gonna say if the Meeples had been <laughs> like smoother, so if I I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, if, if I sand, sand it, the Meeples, mm, you will immediately eight. go a ten. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a ten. Yes, Look how smooth these are. I mean, it's smooth. <laughs> if they were as smooth as Dan's Crokinole board, oh board, my god, like yeah, it gets ten. I wouldn't be able to like. I'd be like pew pew pew. They like, like, couldn't even hold with the Meeples. Couldn't even hold on to them. So yeah. Slick. It is better to Kato for sure. It is wildly overproduced is what I'd say. It's yeah. definitely like – like I said, my favorite parts were definitely the art on the tarot-sized like Parks cards. Um, the meeples were really rough. It was kind of off-putting. <laughs> I can't get over the meeples. I didn't even realize that was a thing. And I you mean I it. definitely felt them, but I, I didn't think anything no. of it. Yeah, it just, like, it just was like so surprising. It they, was weird that like, wow, why are these rough? And then I played the game. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. never I thought about it again. It's like one of those things where it's not the – I mean it is kind of the game's fault. because it, it's, it's Certainly somebody's fault. Sand your meeples. But it's like reminds me of like uh, Welcome To, how like you catch one whiff of that paper – yeah, and it's like all you want to talk. Do about. Do you think that maybe this was like a hat situation, and that like Dave just got an unsanded copy, just like you got <laughs> oh, a non magnetized? Like I got a magnetized box? version of hats. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it could be. You like, think that, could, that day he just got like some? It slipped through the cracks. Yeah, that might. But be it the wouldn't because it's not sanded. <laughs> it's I see what you did there. Yeah, it's gonna get stuck everywhere. It it's just stuck. it's just so surprising when I touched the meeple. It was so off putting. I was like, oh, why is this rough? <laughs> Like, give me a six. I think the name <laughs> of this episode will be Mark Hates Wood. <laughs> <laughs> I hate rough wood. So that's all of them, right? We, that's all of us? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's all of that's us. All of them? Yeah. That's all of them. We got one more game, though. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Listen, I wrote it right here with an arrow. Oh, you even did the thing. Well, I had to because you guys switched the order. Well, I switched the order. I demanded it. I was going to say, I didn't care at all. <laughs> it fed I randomly write these <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> All right, the last game we played, we were often when we go to the board game store in Glen Burnie. Mm-hmm. Um, cool stuff. No, 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 <laughs> no, no that's incorrect. not true. Uh, games and stuff. Games and stuff. Uh, yeah. uh, my wife likes to pick out games. I don't know what prerequisite she has for picking out games. She like looks at it and mm-hmm. like doesn't read it or does. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she just, she's right more often than not. For yeah, sure. That is true. And, and this is part of my problem with myself buying games because I like I will get a game and then I will look it up on BGG mm-hmm. and I will like base my opinion off of other people's opinions. But then I'll play games that BGG trashed <clears throat> and love and yeah. vice versa but yeah i've mm-hmm. also played a lot of games that bgg trashed and they were also trash yeah <laughs> but i've also played games they said were the greatest game ever and i was like i don't really understand the love for this game oh do you mean pandemic yes that is one of them <laughs> that's the for one, sure one of them the other one that like usually stands out is cry havoc when she picked up one of the games was rear roses would i have bought it no but did she buy it yes so we played it so she she read the rules. <laughs> she, line. Sometimes she reads the rules, and I'm super happy for it because I don't have to deal mm-hmm. with it. This is the case where a couple weeks ago she read the rules, and then she read half of the rules, and then she handed me the rule book in the middle of rules explanation and said, here, can you read this? And I went, well, I don't. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Were you just teaching us the game? It I, feels like whenever you're put on the spot like that, like your pants are down. It's so terrible because now I'm just reading mm-hmm. the rules out loud to people. Which is Awful. Yeah, so I'm just... <laughs> we but, have trouble paying attention oh my God. during a well-done, condensed version of a rules explanation. I think from mm-hmm. now on, when I, I'm going to teach you guys rules, I'm going to make just like a PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, nice. I would love that. Yeah. And then you guys have to... Because there's nothing I find more boring than a PowerPoint. <laughs> so... Uh, make so, it a Prezi. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh, Ooh. Look at it slide. It moves. Oh, look at that transfer. Just uh, the slowest <laughs> animations in between two. Oh. Just slow. Why is this so slow? It's still going. Uh, so luckily the rule book was not very long mercifully 
The rule book was not very wrong. So in the game of Rare Roses, you are a rose dealer? I'd say sure. florist. Uh, yeah, but you only you deal only in, roses. in roses. You and the six other people in the town yeah. that have a flower shop. So, And all of you use the same supplier. Yeah. And all of you take the same contract. The you only one really it. making out in this deal, supplier. Oh, supplier yeah, is sure. really cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of people in this town want specialized rose Like very bouquets. specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in this game, uh, you do get to reach your hand in a bag, which is awesome. Pro bag. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So it comes with a pretty small board, and on the board there is six locations of six different styles of rose. That different right. colored roses or breeds of rose. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Cultivars. Sure. <laughs> And then <laughs> each with their own cloaca. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm sorry, Dave. It's called the official part is called the pistol. Oh, I'm sorry. And the sir. diamond or something? I don't know. <laughs> Those are great. the male parts, the this stamens. Is, oh, stamen. I was oh, right. Yeah. I knew a awesome. thing about flowers. Oh yeah. Welcome to Welcome to Botany Talk. Welcome to Botany Talk. <laughs> Welcome to Botany Talk. We're your host, purebotany.com. Yeah, my name's uh Sage Witherfall. <laughs> that's my uh that, oh, that's a bad oh, name. Yeah, I'm Ivy Climber. <laughs> So anyway, in this game, <laughs> rare roses. So you have the the six spots where you could purchase roses, and each of the roses cost a different amount. Mm-hmm. And then on the right hand side of the board, there are orders that you need to fill, and each order has different things. So the cool the cool thing about this game, it has like a viticulture type thing. As at the end of your turn, your flowers bloom or die. Yeah, yeah. They age. Say, or in my case, die. Yeah. They go from bulb to bloom, and then from bloom to age, age or something, and then to and de- then to, to death. dead. Yeah. Or at my grandmother's house, hanging upside down, dried. Yeah, yeah. But so, but useless for me. In useless this for me, and also my grandmother. I don't. <laughs> they're just there. I don't know. They seem to make her happy. Yeah, she loves dead upside down roses. <laughs> uh, so in the game, uh, you are trying to collect roses and then look at the order board and trying to fill orders in that way. So at the beginning of your turn, you can either uh, draw roses out of the bag and then place them on the order board or you can get rid of the oldest order those are your options mm-hmm. so once you do that you purchase your flowers and then you can fill an order when you fill an order if you match the exact bloom with what they want on the card you, you get paid more if you just match the flowers themselves no matter what bloom they're in you get paid a less amount uh, and that is how the game is played. You go mm-hmm. until there's no more orders left, and it just goes around and around and around forever. <laughs> For way too long. Uh, I, I, we played five players, which is probably not the best player count for this yeah. game. It, yeah. it plays up to six. The orders, I can't which imagine is, six. I don't know. The it's orders go many. quick is what I'd say. It does go quick. Yeah. A lot of it's just me buying stuff and going, oh, I can't fill any orders. All right, your turn. Yeah. yeah. That was my experience with the game. Well, and then with playing with five people, there's only four order cards <clears> that can possibly about on the board and so what happened most of the time mm-hmm. is that by the time it got back to your turn they were all gone and they were all new and so there was no planning so like dan and i both tried a strategy which was buy some flowers and then that way next time it's my turn they will be in bloom yeah and so i have a shot at maybe getting like fulfilling a perfect order but there was zero portion of our turns that we could plan for the future because by the time it yeah. gets back to I- you all those orders are gone. All new orders are up, and it's just random. I don't know why they would make it five or six players no. without extending the number of orders yes. you could yeah. fill. Like, I think this game would have been a lot better at four or three because then you could definitely plan ahead because you can guarantee that yeah, at least one of those like is going to be there by the time you get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you could look at other people's boards and right. be like, ah, maybe like there's a, at least a decent <clears> chance <throat> that I'll be able to fill this better than them. Or, mm-hmm. But with five right. people, it was literally a crapshoot. Yeah, like, you and just I, randomly bought flowers and 
then things happened and it got back. We should preface this, but with Dave complained this entire game. <laughs> Have you ever played like a game the that the moment time. it started, you viscerally hated the concept of the game? Because that is how I felt the moment Dan started reading from the yeah. rule book to describe this game. I, this didn't even get to gameplay before I hated this game. We, your wife's face while you were complaining was my favorite thing to watch throughout the I, game. Because she was it. very upset. Uh, so we should also say Dave made a huge mistake during this game where I he forgot to ask for the money. He from did not the- collect his money from his his two orders that he filled, which would a lot of money. So Dave was down to like four do- four coins or whatever they represented. Yeah. yeah. And like you can't do anything with that. Mm-mm. And so like if that was the case, it would have made a lot of sense. But Dave had like sixty coins that he should have. Yeah. Had. It was very funny because like you were like, how'd you fill two orders and how are you down to four? Yeah. Coins? How do you have no coins? left because i hated the game so much for, i didn't ask for forgot to actually play the game but but then yeah. the same thing happened to dan it happened, it happened to me because i'm not a good player but <laughs> <laughs> we had to house rule the game yeah, to did. literally not have dan out of the game i would have been eliminated from the game because but I, not even eliminated just you would have had to sit there and yeah just basically not play. i could have taken my turn but like all i could have done was drawn stuff out of a bag and then yeah and then that is it like we had to house rule away some orders to not have someone eliminated yeah, yeah, I, a game I'm, that should not have player surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think that again has to do with the player count. Like, yeah, the, because you mm, couldn't. Plan. I couldn't plan for anything. So everything, and you could trade with other people, and I would have been out of the game if we wouldn't, if people wouldn't have traded for me for yeah. less than they should have. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and they just to keep me in the game. And I think also they had a pretty good clue that I was not going to win this mm-hmm. game. For so sure. I was not a threat. <laughs> So, like, sure, I'll give you this. There's no way you'll beat me. And, and it was true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turned out. It turned out dead last. Awesome job. But, like, the the art in this game is good. The components are fine. Uh, it, it, the game is fine. I think it's better with fewer players for sure. There are some interesting art decisions that were made in this there game. There were some. Is, yes. Is what I would well, say. Well, Dave and I discussed this a lot, too. So one of the cards had to have some sort of error on mm-hmm. it. Because the rest of them were uniform. Yeah. And so, this one was not. So on the right-hand side is pictures of the roses and mm-hmm. what bloom they were in, which is fine. But Whether also, they were like new blooms or yeah, they were or, fully bloomed. Or bulbs or whatever. Which is a little tough <clears throat> to tell, but like if you pick up the card and look at it, you can tell. Yeah. And yeah. It is not my favorite art design of a game by no, far. Yeah. They should have, instead of just using all roses, they should have used different flowers. I agree it, entirely. It would have been a lot mm-hmm. better. Because it's the same color and it's literally the same flower. Yeah. And it's just like... Like not bloomed or bloomed, man. And so often you glance over and like it is hard to tell. It's like if the board is a little far away from you, yeah, you it don't because so you don't hard to you don't tell. know exactly. Okay, well, is this a bud? Yeah, do I have to have a bud here? Or do so, I have to have a blossoming? So rose? I will defend the game a little bit. On the left hand side, it says like times one, then shows an exact picture that yeah. matches up with the bloom on the thing. So all you have to do is yeah, match it's those. just way smaller. It, I mean, it's sure it is smaller, mm-hmm. but it is not the end of the world. Yeah, but it's uh, there was one card that did. For some reason, they didn't match up. It had to be like an art error because everything yeah. else matched up. But it was just like, why is this one yeah. different than the? And it was, mm-hmm. of course, the the one we were looking at yeah. <laughs> having an issue with. Well, and after the game, I actually <clears throat> looked through every card, and it was literally that yeah, one I, card. They had to make some sort of mistake. Um, but I think it would have been better if it wasn't all roses. Like yeah. it would have been were, just a little or easier. Or if they were like somehow more distinctive than because there were two yeah. different styles of red roses. Yeah, there's like, like the one red was striped like, one. Yeah, yeah, and then there's like the red marbled one. And when they are 
bulbs or whatever the closed one yeah it is so much harder to tell <laughs> than when they were yeah just you that. look at it and you're like i don't know what, what i'm supposed what to be like that? going for and like here. you can match it up with the the token but if you don't have that token and there's mm-hmm. none on the board then, then you're just staring and be getting confused yeah i am not like i'm gonna rank this game higher than dave obviously but like <laughs> but, but i get the feeling not a ton higher it, yeah. it's i i think the game is fine I think five and six players are way too it's much a, for this. It's a bit of a stretch. I think yeah. this should have been a three-player maximum game. Ooh, I would say four. I could do I four because there's four. four spots. Four slots. I like would gives say you like four if there's a fifth slot. And there was no rule to like, oh, you also need to put out more cards. Because that would have made perfect sense. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. give me an opportunity to try to think that I can plan something. Yeah. yeah because yeah. the orders may not go away. Because if they don't get filled, nothing moves down. Mm-hmm. And if no one's pulling orders off the board, like that's instead of pulling out flower tokens you can get rid of the oldest order mm, yeah so if that doesn't happen like there is a chance it comes back to you but like people are filling orders not me but other people were definitely <laughs> well, filling the thing orders too, is like it's so much more important to have the the flowers in hand yeah am i really like gonna pass on the opportunity to populate the board with flowers that i could then buy yeah. knowing that it's gonna go a full round before i get a chance to buy any flowers at all right or am I going to like use one of my precious actions to like get rid of an order that may just end up helping out someone else? And mm-hmm. then there could be stuff on the board, and there's no flowers available for yeah. it, like, <laughs> which just because of, times. because I mean you're drawn from a bag, you and really you know. can look around, you can make offers to other people or trade yeah. whatever. I, I did like that portion of the game. I like any sort of. I, I'm a big fan of like any sort of player yeah, trading, trading bidding, or bartering yeah. oh, yeah. going on. I love that about sidereal confluence, and Ugh, I mean to a much much lesser extent here. <laughs> get me started. Give I me know. barrel boys over oh bulbs any day. God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. think that we could get candy and amber to play? <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, I don't think so. I think we I think, should try. I think though. we should try. I mean, I'll try. Yeah, I'm, ready. I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for Barrel Boys. I'm ready to scream at you guys for Barrel Boys. Sidereal Confluence is a 10 game. Listen, <laughs> Rare Roses is fine. Yeah. Like, I don't recommend people go out and buy it if you're going to play with five people. If, if you and your spouse or significant other or best friend want to play, yeah. this is probably it's, up your it's, alley. It's fine. It's like a super light viticulture. Like, yeah. super duper light viticulture. Mm. Um, also, uh, but it's Sidereal Confluence is a 10. You it, go buy that game. Yeah, for sure. Like so that's, that's getting a 10 <laughs> for me, go too. buy that game. Uh, so the thing about this game <clears throat> that I thought was interesting, too, is the fact that they chose – like I did like that every bouquet had its own special name. Yeah. And like there's always like a little backstory flavor. But like the kind of thing that – the second art decision that was sort of baffling where there should have been wrote, like flower facts. Yeah. Like yeah, sometimes there, no there was just facts. like weird quotes, yeah. flower opinions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like mine had an opinion about the Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah and like, I get it. Like they, that that band rips, but also yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't need a quote about it. Like, I don't in need a this quote about game, it in this doesn't rare roses it doesn't game. match. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so awful. It's it was just so weird. Like I couldn't. I yeah, like, I don't know. Just more flower effects is fine. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be flower effects out there. I mean, it, we listed off like three yeah, flower facts at the very nothing. beginning of the segment. If, if Wingspan can give me a hundred flower, uh, bird <laughs> facts, you can give me seven. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this game ends when the last card comes out in the row. Yeah, every, which once again at a higher player count yeah. can be a real problem. Yeah, because. It, Every the way it wor- it's worded is just everyone else gets one more turn, mm-hmm. but given a higher player count, that <laughs> With means five you ain't getting another. You're not getting another <laughs> turn. Like if you if the other person ended it, then all of them are spent before it gets to you, and, and you just, just can't. And it's just, just money. Victory money is victory points. Yeah, so that's a, you could have a yeah. million flowers, but if you ain't got no money, yep. Dan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark, tell me about Rare Roses. Rare Roses, published in 2019 by Cravan Studios. Cravan. Cravan. Cravat Studios. Cravat 
Crevasse Studios. Crevassier Studios. Ooh, nice. Hello. Hennessy. Uh, they also published Trollbridge, which oh. I've never heard of. Nope. Uh, it was designed by Rocky Heckman, who published, I'm sorry, who designed Kick in Your Caterpillar. Rocky Heckman, a couple questionable decisions on design. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And the art was done by Leith Walton, who did Forest Fire, exclamation point, colon, a family game. So Dang, it's like, exclamation Forest point Fire and, and colon. colon. I know. It's, people, it's just stop. <laughs> That's a lot of that's Just a lot. Exclamation point and colon. Like in a weird order yeah. too. I don't know. It's like, yeah, diamonds, a mining adventure. So that's the best game. Colon, a mining adventure. <laughs> what you're talking about there. I don't know, man. Just don't use punctuation in board game titles. Or use more than mm-hmm. you need. All, use all of the punctuation. What do I know? Try one of each. I'm just a I'm just <laughs> I'm just a dude who talks into a, a microphone. So How many ampersands can I get in oh here? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the art was also done by Nene Thomas, who Nene. did Galactic Empires and has also done art from Magic the Gathering. Oh. Magic colon the Gathering. Magic. <laughs> Magic, explanation point, gathering, question mark? Colon. <laughs> colon. <laughs> Comma. Uh, <laughs> Rare Roses. Uh, one to ten. Dan, one to ten, not using uh, the number seven. How many uh, sunflowers would you give red roses? Rare roses. <laughs> that wasn't the thing. I wish it was, though. <laughs> it I, uh, to at five to six, this game is a four. At four and under, <laughs> this game is a five. It is perfectly fine. Mm. I think it would work if it was a lower player count. Why they made it five or six, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Benson. they didn't player test it. Maybe they're like, this could, you know, we could also play this with two more of our friends. Just throw some extra boards in there. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> well, the funny thing Rocky. is, too, is like, I guess like, that there's the guy's a, name. Yeah, Rocky. Could have just been like, a, you would have had to have been trading more as players. Maybe. Like, maybe. Maybe that's the trick. Maybe we just didn't trade enough. But I don't know. Because if the few times some of us tried to trade, most of the time it was either to help Dan not get eliminated mm-hmm. or people were just like, eh, nah. Well, the problem with trading. I, I I pull off a couple Yeah, trades. the problem with trading with us is we are highway robbers. Yeah. <laughs> we want the moon. <laughs> you want Oh, you cuz now I know you want this, really. Yeah, yeah. I could see you want it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over there at what you got. And I paid $3 for it with interest, 45 coins. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make 35 I'll take 34. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. Hard to say. A five. It is a... A four or a five? A five. It is a average It is a five. Damn, I figure five. most people don't have higher player counts, five or six players. Yeah, the majority that's true. Yeah, that's fair. Mark, rare roses, one to ten, not using number seven. How many sunflowers are you going to give rare roses? Oh, man, this is uh, this is definitely a five. A seven game? No, seven. It's, it's a five. <laughs> there's, a couple, <laughs> there's a couple design decisions here that are... Like I, like we kind of talked about, were but, sort of baffling. But all the pieces were smooth. All the, pe- I mean, yes, there were no. <laughs> Is that rough... how we measure games now? <laughs> so Mark measures it. How does it feel? Yeah, I don't mean like when you're playing. I mean in your hands. Yes, tactile. <laughs> tactile how was it? What is the smooth. sensation it was feeling? Smooth. I, this game is like a five, sort of teetering onto a four. Yeah, but I'm gonna give it like it's it's perfectly fine. Do you think this is the type of game where they came up with the name first, and, <laughs> then, then, like, and then they're like, "What, what has to be all about roses?" Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, how yeah. many different are there? Like, I don't know, like three. Like, oh no, there's got to be like ten. Well, like people can spray paint them, right? Yeah. Like we just you dye have flowers, that multicolored rose. Right? How do you even get they could have done like flowers. knockout roses. Sure, what's a knockout rose? Sure. It's like a short little bushy rose. Roses for beginners. <laughs> beginning roses that's what i grew like when i had a big when i had rose bushes i started with knockout roses and then i got like i graduated to big boy roses oh look who's a botanist now i never i haven't gotten my training wheel roses yet me neither i guess i need some knockout roses 
they're <laughs> cute. They're like little, I mean, some of them are really cute. Dave, uh, Rear Roses, 1 to 7. No, 1 to 10, not using the number 7. How many sunflowers would you give Rear Roses? Can I go below 1? Like, is the scale go below No, I'm no, sorry, it's Dave. It's not that low. Oh, well. Game. Now, this game's a 4. I, I think that it would be better at lower player counts. Um, but Can't be any worse, right? Yeah, it certainly can't get worse. I can't imagine trying to play at 6. I would like to never play it again, and that is my plan. I didn't want to tell you this until now, but we are now a Rare Roses podcast. Yeah, <laughs> sponsored. It's all Rare Roses, all sponsored. All we do. I don't think they're going to sponsor us after they hear this episode. Also, I'm looking forward to just playing this on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> is this what our birthdays are going to become? Just yeah, to troll just the a other guys? Petty, vindictive, like <laughs> marathon. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry Dave. Yeah, sucks. Uh, that is all the games that we played this week and are willing to review right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's just a smattering of games. It's just a smattering yeah. of games. We played more, but that's none of your business. Yeah, you'll get that <laughs> next time. Not yet. Until the next episode. <laughs> board game uh, fiend. But now Mark will go into uh, a tale of woe or heroism. We're going to do a tale of economy today. Oh, an economic an tale. economic tale. Well, because you promised us at some point in the near future we'll have a good guise of board game history. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be next episode. So not for March ones, to be clear. Wait, for gonna, March, March into positivity. We're going to be marching into positivity yeah. with a total Way hero of board game history. I love it. Yeah, it'll be all right. All right, so Mark, take it away in this week's topic. Talkic. This week's topic is going to be called Magic the Stonkening. Hmm. <laughs> I don't like it. I already hate that it's a meme <laughs> name. I hate it. What can I say? I see shiny meme. This I talk is about shiny meme. You know what, Dan? This is on us for not doing any research ever and letting Mark get away with whatever he wants. I yeah. know, but I'm still not willing to do it. This yeah, is... like I'm nothing going to change. I'm just saying, like yeah, it's th- a little on us. This is what happens when you give me total autonomy over one <laughs> whole segment of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's my own fault. But again, I'm not willing to change it. It has to get a lot worse for me to change it. I might just cut the episode off here, but yeah, well, I'm not going to change my behavior. <laughs> well, if you're still around, if you're still hearing this, I will say that uh, this is probably going to be the last thing I talk about, about Magic the Gathering for a little while. And this is like another one of those weird little offshoots that I've, I learned while learning about Wizards of the Coast. Huh. But yeah, tonight we're gonna be, we're, our topic is going to be encompassing... The wild world of Magic the Gathering. They made Again. some money. They made a lot <laughs> they've, of money. They've made a few doll hairs. Yeah. So uh, there have been, do you guys, would you care to guess how many unique Magic the Gathering cards have been published since the game released in 1993? Cards? Yep. Like, like No, no, no. I mean, like, like how many like unique cards? Unique cards. Oh, like this not, is a not, Blue Lotus. This is a Red exactly. Mana. I don't even know if these are real things. They are like real words. From 93 to Infinity, which is a... <laughs> <laughs> Souls of Mischief <laughs> reference that I can't believe I literally just made up right now. Um, how many unique cards? Yeah. This is a big number. It's a pretty large number. I don't even have like a frame of reference for this. Neither do I. I'm going to say 7,350. Okay, 7,000? Dave? I feel like it's more. Okay. I'm yeah. going to say like... 17,000. Yeah, I don't have a leg to stand on in my guess. Yeah, I, I also don't <laughs> yeah. have any theory behind this. Right? I just feel like it's probably more given how often, because you said like once a month they come out with a new booster it's, pack. Yeah. It yeah. It's like literally once a quarter. That's yeah, what, I, what I learned this time. Once a quarter. Uh, there I have been like... over 20,000 oh. unique <laughs> Magic I the Gathering cards. It, and I thought I was going 20, like to the moon. Thousand. Yeah. Four times one of yeah. each. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> So four times a year, new Magic the Gathering sets are dropped. In fact, I think they're just literally about to drop the new Kaldheim oh. expansion. So Sure, I definitely knew that. I'm I don't know. That's the fun box. part about doing all this research is I start having like embedded advertising that Google sells. Like So now I'm just getting inundated with I actually, Magic the Gathering So ads. I went to the store, Target, 
I okay. don't know why it was like Tarche. first door. <laughs> so I was there for something else. But I was like, I we've been talking about magic so much. I, I said, I don't even know how much a pack of Magic the Gathering cards are. How much is a I pack of cards? Like $4. Okay. Okay. That's $4 and cheap, some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 20 cards in there? 15 cards in there? I have like no that. idea. I don't yeah, know. I, I looked at no it. no idea. Because it's not. Remember how like old packs of sports cards? You could see the pack. Well, this has like a cardboard clamshell oh, over it. Wow. Oh, wow. So I, and it's like really cheaply made, so they're not losing any money there. But I was just like, I don't, I wanted to judge how many cards are in there. I was, who knows? Yeah. Ten, if you know, write in and tell us how many cards five are in to a booster 40. pack. I'm sure we could just look that up. Nah, nah, five to 40. That's just a booster pack. That's though. research I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> Already found it. Yeah. It took us, what, three minutes? It took three minutes to this quick. Uh, so as these new sets drop, of course, players often find themselves diving into older sets for new, older, newly efficient cards. What you have is this weird thing where no matter how much product is being dropped into the market, sometimes you still want to go back into your old decks for some classic stuff that synergizes really well with the decks that you're currently building right now. Sure. If yeah. you are very good at this and smarter than me, that seems like a thing you would do. So this this yep. phenomenon has caused a living constantly fluctuating secondary market for magic the gathering cards Mm. uh Mm. yeah (laughs) well i mean i never go to a board game shop without seeing like all of these magic the gathering cards like under the glass that's what keeps our board game shops in business (laughs) exactly that market is basically what provides the space for buyers and sellers who are looking to like gain an edge and competitive play with each other um, so you'll find like a whole bunch of cards that are valuable. Yeah, they're like, useful for now. Styles of decks. Yes. Like two weeks ago, they were not useful. Now they are suddenly useful. <laughs> sure. Now these swamps are good. Yeah. <laughs> so that, in addition to, there are 572 Magic the Gathering cards on the reserved list that are never going to be reprinted. Oh, these are like the rare. Yeah. 572. 572. These I mean, are the ones not... you want to be on the lookout for. But that's exactly. not much given 20,000 20, total cards. Like total, that's not yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Wizards of the Coast has said like these cards are never ever going to be reprinted. So like This is like the Black Lotus. Yes. This is exactly this is like that's your Black Lotuses. <laughs> Good job, your Dan. Mox <laughs> Pearls, which will come in Mox Pearl. Mox Pearl. I know a guy named Mox. Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mox Pearl. I know Mox Pearl. He's all right. He's a good He's a good guy. So this market um, isn't really too surprising. In fact, the game's creator, uh, Richard Garfield, who we mm-hmm. talked about way back when in our uh, Wizards Never Die episode. Yeah, good guy of board game history. Yeah, definitely like, well, I'd say regular dude of board game history. <laughs> well, he made like... There were some shell companies and oh, yeah, some yeah. questionable oh, stock buybacks. But I mean... <laughs> That's that little, nothing. There was some mild fraud. <laughs> so two years into playtesting uh, Mana Clash, uh, Richard Garfield Ugh. said he'd realized he'd accidentally created what he'd called one of the best economic simulations he'd ever seen. Oh. Uh, quote, people value different cards in different ways, sometimes because they just weren't evaluating them accurately, but more often because some cards actually were better for one player than another, giving their lots, giving lots of opportunity for arbitrage. Are you guys familiar with the term arbitrage? I had to look yes. it up. I am familiar with nice. the term arbitrage. Dave, it's like arbitrage, right? It is like basically where you are – there's like an unequal value between two people who are like looking to trade something. Mm-hmm. Like so I don't know. Like if I've got a bunch of, bunch of pork futures. Let's <laughs> so say pork futures. Let's say I go into Target. Okay. And something is on clearance at Target. Mm-hmm. But not everybody has access to that. Yeah. For me, the cost is five dollars, but mm-hmm. somebody is willing to pay twenty-five dollars for that. Exactly, that is arbitrage. Arbitrage. That is, oh, that okay. is retail yeah. arbitrage. Gotcha. That's why I'm familiar with this word. Because you've been doing it. Because <laughs> I've lately. been doing this a lot lately. <laughs> exactly. Because I, for ten dollars, got a broken 
Yeah, I I purchased a broken cappuccino, uh, yeah, cappuccino, cappuccino machine, machine mm-hmm. and sold that said broken cappuccino machine for sixty dollars. Yeah, so yeah, four hours. Kind of, this is the other reason why I thought this topic was pretty interesting because it's a thing I've like watch, been watching you do for. The yeah, last I would weeks. love to learn how to buy magic cards and sell them. But I don't – what, am I going to buy packs and hope I get something? That's not a sound yeah. use of my time. No. Well, I've got a fun story about that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So buckle up. I'm going to be getting to that here pretty quick. People, like, a lot of the times will compare Magic the Gathering cards to collectibles, and that's not, like, exactly true. A lot of the times they're, like, compared to, like, uh, rare stamps or sports memorabilia, but they're more like stocks. <laughs> stonks. Stonks. They're more like stonks. If you're uh, willing to say that. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> you shouldn't. Because they have a usable value outside of nostalgia that they have for the player. It's not unusual for people to buy and use collectible cards valued in the hundreds of dollars in a game. It would be unusual for me to do that. Yeah. It would sure. be unusual for me to buy them. Yeah. yeah. To buy. I am yes. totally willing to sell them to other people. <laughs> sure. And I'd be happy to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These cards are passed by a lot of different ways. Like you have, like you guys said, the local game shop that you know, used to be like the centralized hub for Magic the Gathering trading and like secondary markets. Those used to be like the only place that you could go. But here recently, what with the advent of this little thing called the internet. Hello, internet. (laughs) I've heard of it. (laughs) There is this huge, uh, there are now all these different ways that you can get into the secondary market. And uh, it's basically caused the whole market to proliferate to really absurd heights. Mm, Thank God. Uh, because now I'm not limited to selling this card to just my local game shop yeah. guys. Right. It's and not girls. so much what is this card worth in is what is this card worth in my community, but what could this card be worth to in the world? Joe Schmo in Australia. Yeah. 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 And I can't imagine the cost of shipping a singular playing card is absorbently high enough to stop let, me from right. let me tell you about a little thing called the ebay global shipping program Ooh, Go okay on. ebay global shipping program so if you offer your item worldwide prestige worldwide yeah prestige worldwide <laughs> let's say i have a t-shirt and i want to sell it to anyway i want to offer it anywhere in the world prestige worldwide. so if i offer free shipping to my ebay hub that is all i pay i don't pay Anything else. I don't pay for like shipping across the world. I don't pay for anything like that. So as a seller, I feel totally free selling it. I'm shipping it there to Kentucky, Mm. wherever it is. Mm -hmm. And then they send it throughout the world. This is the eBay Global Shipping Program. So the person buying it is accepting all this cost. Ah. So they're paying for customs. They're paying for everything. So if a guy really wants it, if some dude's willing to pay $10,000 for a card, he's going to pay an extra 50 bucks. To, yeah, get to, it, get it to, to get it to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I, as a seller, that cost me nothing extra. It cost me what it costs to ship from my house to wherever my my global shipping gotcha. is. Interesting. So, so eBay is taking care of a lot of that. That's so cool. I didn't know any of that. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm always willing to ship worldwide. Plus, good Prestige luck shipping worldwide. it back to me. <laughs> yes, for real. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these like digital marketplaces refuse to go on the record as far as how much money they actually make. But there are some private traders who claim to have made six-figure trade deals that they'd been involved in several times a year. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, should I start buying packs of Magic cards? <laughs> that's the thing. So so I've been like doing a lot of reselling lately, but I, that's what I was thinking. I was, I'm standing in front of this wall of Magic cards, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. there's like a million of them. And because I know so little about it, I was like, maybe I should buy a pack. What the hell would I even buy? <laughs> right. And then like, how the hell do I know what it's worth? So like you can look up individual cards online, like no problem, super mm-hmm. easy. There's... 50 packs on this wall yeah like is what's the current like what do i even buy so i didn't but i would love to 
try it sometime just to see. Yeah, I feel like it's a little lottery esque. Yeah, it is to a certain extent for sure. And like like I said, I've got a really cool story about a dude who like bought a pack of cards. And oh like man, did some did it's some make neat me buy stuff. a pack of cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like all good economies, uh, the Magic the Gathering economy is built on rarity and scarcity. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So, like, these guys, like, they'll take advantage of this scarcity and rarity by bringing, like, all of their goods to, like, conventions where you have all these huge gatherings of people. Mm, and, like, yeah, sense. for sure. Like, we've all been Dave to Gen Con. sold Pokemon cards. I did. Yeah. How much money did you get for those Pokemon cards? $27? Yeah, enough for some Island Noodles and a couple beers. Yeah. Oh, Island Noodles. Let me tell you a story really <laughs> quick, Mark, that's mm-hmm. currently happening, and I hear about it from, like, the reseller circles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But right now, the McDonald's Kids Meal it's a Pokemon kids meal. Oh, And really? inside of this Pokemon kids meal comes a pack of Pokemon cards. Oh. Inside that pack of Pokemon cards is like specialized foil cards of different Pokemon. You can only get it from here. So people are going ordering 30 Happy Meals and like trying to get those just trying to foil. get these specialized cards and sell them online. Uh-huh. They're going for like a pretty fair amount online. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you're paying these McDonald's workers like $7. Yeah. So I go in there and I, I'm not me. I have never done this, but people will go in and be like, Hey, I'll give you 200 bucks. Just give me a, a stack of the happy meal packs mm-hmm. and I will just go sell them online. So that's what's happening now with Pokemon cards. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I guess. Interesting. But, but again, I know so little about it. Yeah. Right? Like I, I was like, I, don't know. I mean, I sold them, but I sat there and then uh, a guy looked through all of my cards and then told me that he would give me 27 dollars and i said jokes on you i would have taken five <laughs> and then i left with 27 dollars. Yeah, yeah 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 that's how i would be yeah that was my problem like, like I don't, oh i, I don't have know. i have these cards you could have had a card worth 500 dollars, but what sure. do you know yeah what mm-hmm. do you know so you have all these like meeting spots where people get together and they do all this like buying yeah, and, and trading. alleyways and yeah, like, alleyways, behind the train convention station. centers in the bathroom <laughs> Man, you listen. Sometimes you get those in the like, back alley stall. Yeah, you get those back alley Magic the Gathering trades. Mm-hmm. Anything can go wrong. Shady. You better bring a goon. On the, That's all I'm saying. You the, better have a goon on the dark web. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I feel like a goon at Gen Con would just be some guy throwing red bean bags and yelling fireball, fireball, <laughs> fireball, fireball. Oh, fireball. he hit me! He hit me! I have oh, to. No, I was using a force field. <laughs> So one of the best known examples of like this sort of trading was actually done and documented by a guy named Richard Medina. And he oh, blogged funky cold Medina. Funky cold Medina. He blogged this whole thing. It was called Pack to Power. And he was inspired by this whole uh, Craigslist experiment where some guy started with a paper clip. Oh yeah. You've heard about this? Sure. And oh he, yeah. And then and he, he traded for like up, a house. Up and up until he got a house. Yeah. So That's this work. this guy was like, All right, I'm going to buy a four dollar pack of Magic the Gathering cards. And I'm going to keep trading until I have acquired one of the Power 9 cards, which I guess are like super expensive, ultra-powerful magic cards. Hmm. Sure. So using that $4 pack, and he managed to not spend any additional money, and using only research, networking skills, and cunning, he flipped (laughs) that pack of cards into a $359 Mox Pearl. Which itself would have been worth between seventeen hundred and twenty five hundred dollars today if he wow. met, if he kept it. Yeah, that's a lot of scratch. Yeah, for sure. He ended up trading it to a fan of the blog series, like, and he signed it for the fan and everything. Oh no! Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> it's like apparently not worth anything. Yeah, he you it. ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> After he did the project, he said, "Quote: At the time, people were still trading based on non monetary metrics. Uh, so when people read the small stories of the trades and looked at the math." They realized that they could be getting more out of their cards. 
This collective rise in awareness led to, the, to an interest in the financial side of the game. People in the general magic community began to see that you could not only pay for your hobby with MTG Finance, but you could also make a lot of money doing so. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we're going to enter one of our heroes of this story, a guy, an Australian man named Craig Chapman. <laughs> Craig Chapman, not Chapman. Chapman. <laughs> Chapman. Hello, Craig Chapman. Right? So uh, by the, by the mid-2000s, Chapman found himself in like one of the most unenviable places you can ever find yourself Australia? in life. He found himself in Australia, <laughs> and he found I mean, himself in only, debt. The only thing I know about Australia is that like all of the animal life wants to kill you, yeah. and also the bug life. Yeah, everything there is way bigger and deadlier. Yeah. yeah. So he was an Australian man who found himself in debt to the tune of $43,000 to a casino. That's a lot of stuff. To a casino. That, yeah. is, um, that is a bummer. You yeah. have made he a was, poor He was choice. a huge like competitive poker player. Not very good, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, you know, you, you, when you bet, I mean, the house always wins, right? You should know when to hold them. And know when to fold them. Yeah, know yeah. when to walk away. Know mm-hmm. when to run. Just, right. Yeah. I think, I think we're going to get sued now. Well, he's dead. He's dead. Kenny he's Rogers. Dead. Also, that was spoken word poetry. <laughs> also, <laughs> Kenny, I, don't, I don't feel like Kenny Rogers would sue us. No, no. he seemed like a pretty all right guy. Picked a <laughs> also, bad time to leave me, Lucille. Also, you can only sue us if we made money from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loophole. Loophole. Um, so uh, he came up with this grand plan. He's like, all right, in order to stop gambling, I'm going to gamble. <laughs> yep, that checks yeah. out. I okay. did that with drinking once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> I became, will drink more. <laughs> he became a poker dealer at the only local casino around town. And as a dealer, you're not allowed to gamble at the casino. Oh, so he forced him, mm, yeah. forced he his went, hand. Yeah, oh. he, he went cool turkey. <laughs> not cold turkey. Not cold turkey. Cool yeah. turkey. I'm still around it a lot. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, I play, just not. You know. I'm the dealer, and I win way more. Yes, yes I, basically. I whiff the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as he began to pay off his debts, he realized, like, I, I still have like, this like competitive poker itch. And so he picked up Magic the Gathering. Like, he apparently had played in high school, and he was like, well, I kind of started playing again because it like was a lot of the same skill set. All right. Playing probab- probabilities, reading your opponent, kind of playing the odds, trying to figure out, like— Yeah, wearing sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. An um, advisor. An advisor. <laughs> so after he started playing, he realized, again, like some of these cards are worth some money to people. So he began to use uh, Magic the Gathering uh, by f- uh, flipping the cards uh, at local shops and conventions. Page flip. Thanks. <laughs> so at this time in the mid-2000s, most prices were sort of dictated by two sources. Uh, the first of those sources were like local game stores. Like they would look at the prices. They would Well, they would look at the card and be like, okay, here's what I could get on the market for it. And this is what I will give you for. I will give you, Dave, $27 mm-hmm. for your Pokemon cards. And I will say, well, they've been sitting in a closet <laughs> and they will never be played. That seems like seems like an that seems excellent like deal. at least $22 more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then that shop is going to obviously take those cards and then get rid of all the trash that they don't really want to sell and then just sell the other stuff mm-hmm. that they're more interested in. Um. The other like source of information about the what the cost of these what, what the value of these cards were were uh, hobby magazines. So basically, you had writers and editors like working to like try to figure out well, what what's the cost of a card worth. Hmm. And the way they did that is they called local game stores. That's crazy. And aggregated manually wow. like how much 
a, a card is currently well, running do for. Do you remember, like, so with sports cards, I collected sports cards as a kid in the 90s, mm-hmm. and they had Beckett Magazine. Yeah. So Beckett Magazine was a, the only thing it did was give you prices to cards. Oh, wow. So you would look up, like, what year and what company made it, and then your card you see they have the card and a lot of cards had numbers on it. You just go down and this card's worth 50 cents or whatever. And you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I got a 50 cent card. You nice. put it in the sleeve and I'm a child. So that's, I'm basically rich. I'm doing stonks. <laughs> yeah. I'm so oh, I'm a stonk micer. I'm, yeah, I work I'm, on I'm wall a stonk, street. I'm a stonk broker. No, <laughs> I work on wall street, but yeah, there's Beckett magazine. That's yeah. why I was curious if they had something like that for magic. They Gathering. did. And so what, now it's the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what happened is you had this like feedback loop where, the magazines would publish these prices that they were getting from the local game stores who would then use those prices to set the price for the magic Ah, cards. And then those prices would be used to make the magazine, which would then publish the prices. And so just like the tiniest of flaws. (laughs) There was always like this weird, like asymmetrical information gap between what a card was actually worth to somebody versus like what they were willing to pay for it. And this all kind of changed in 2008. With the um, debut of TCGPlayer.com. Mm. So you have a, like this huge website. The thing that this website sort of revolutionized was it let anybody with basic information set up an online store. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So you could, like, without a fee, just be like, hey, I'm selling magic cards now. That's something. Yeah. So you would have a like, centralized play- place. For those who couldn't afford, like, to have a brick and mortar store, it was perfect because sure. you could just hop online. Cost and, you nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like selling on eBay. Like, I. I have an internet connection and a camera on my phone. I can sell on eBay. Yeah. It costs 10% though. True, but only of what you sell. Only of what you It's not like you're well, paying to be allowed to sell. Like, it's not they're keeping 100% a true. of your money. You, they have insertion fees. Oh, I'm sure, but. Not if you have a store. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing that was the most valuable aspect of this whole thing for TCG wasn't necessarily like the nickel and dime, here's my fee for helping you sell your card. Mm-hmm. It was actually the data that was mined. Sure, because now they have a complete idea. Mm. Yeah, they have instantaneous aggregation of what the current cost of a card was. And that was always the biggest problem with the hobby magazines is that information obviously travels faster than publishing. Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So this cut down a lot of like that asymmetric knowledge problem where like, oh, the shop owner knows that this card's worth this, but the customer doesn't. Yeah. And now the customer can hop on to TCG player, look and see in real time, okay, this card's currently going for five dollars and i see you have it marked up to seven and like you gotta make a living exactly yeah. well you gotta afford that store but listen i got brick and mortar baby yeah mm-hmm. i'll pay electricity so this is where like chapman himself like starts to really start to exploit this knowledge gap um, there was an instance where he found out through an inside tip that wizards of the coast was about to unban a card comp called time spiral and he had about 10 to 15 minutes of lead time to know minutes. know this wow right so he calls around to a bunch of stores. The one store that has this is like clear across Australia. Is more than 15 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he and he decides like, I'm just going to buy up as many copies as I can. So he was able to get four copies of Time Spiral for $15 plus shipping. When it finally became common knowledge, the Time Spiral card was suddenly worth $40 a pop. Yeah, mm. that's a good flip. Yeah. So he flipped it. Like he's probably spent like, what, 20 bucks mm-hmm. and like got 160 out of yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. At that point, he was like totally bitten by the bug. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so Dan at, has also been yeah, bitten by I the bug. Yeah. So after his, after his family moves to Ireland, 
Um, I didn't know this. But from Australia to Ireland? Yeah, they all because his wife world. was from Ireland. <laughs> what in the yeah. world? His wife was from Ireland, so he was like moving to be with his wife's family. One island of a criminals to another. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <Snap>. Ireland roasted. <laughs> also significantly less deadly animals. Yeah, for sure. More leprechauns. Way yeah. worse weather. Well, way wetter weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way different weather. Yeah, way different weather. Just way different. So he could not get a license to work in Ireland. Like, he didn't have a way to— Oh, that's a thing? Yeah. Apparently, like, you had to have, like— Was he a child? Was it child labor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> Until he got, like, a license to work from the Irish government, he was making the bulk of his income from, like, selling and bu- buying and selling Magic the Gathering cards. Wow. Eventually, like, he was, like— I read a really funny story about how uh, when he moved to Ireland, he found this, like, hobby store. He was just at the mall to buy a jacket because he didn't have a jacket that was worth— Because like, he's Australian. He's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he goes into a, a game store. Uh, the owner was like, oh, man, you know your stuff. Let me show you this other cool thing I have. And so he pulls down this binder of, like, full of Magic the Gathering cards— and they were all like rare misprint cards oh, and everything. Man. Oh man, how much for all of this? The guy was like, "I'll get, I'll sell you the whole binder for a thousand. Oh, pff, and like please. Chapman's like, that binder's worth three to four. Yeah, I'll but he's like, it. I didn't have a thousand dollars. Like, yeah, he just didn't have access to the money. <laughs> he was like, I'm not really gonna go ask my in-laws for a loan. Hey, can I have a thousand dollars to <laughs> yeah. buy game cards? Yeah. So yeah, he did a good job, like using his like natural risk-taking like mm. mentality. And then, like, so he kind of refined his, like, analytical thought. He was able to, like, eventually make substantial money. Like, he, he details, like, a good portion of his income was from Magic the Gathering trading. And then he was able to buy, like, a 9000 all-inclusive Spanish vacation for his family. From Magic the yeah. Gathering? That's wow. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, like, the depth of knowledge you have to know about that one thing. Yeah. And especially since it's changing all the time. And new cards every quarter. Yeah, and you definitely have to And new rules. It. So another guy that kind of is involved in the, the trade right now is uh, James Chilcott, and he's like a finance guy and an entrepreneur, and he runs his own podcast called uh, MTG Fast Finance. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine it's like mad money, except with <laughs> like, <laughs> <Sell, sell, sell. laughs> <laughs> Black Lotus. <laughs> so, he, <laughs> so the way he does his thing is he offers a subscription service. Is You can sign up for $8 a month. And he basically sends you like hot tips about which cards are going to be rising and which calls are going to be cards oh, are going to be falling, and so you can use that information to then like hopefully you it's know somehow get your hands yeah. on those cards. Has, has anyone done a study on how accurate he is? That's uh, a good question because it might be worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if it you're is, telling me exactly what to buy, yeah, then sure. Yeah, I have a I have a funny quote. Like I can't remember, the, uh, but I'll tell you at the end of the <sighs> end of the story. Um, so he, he basically like sells you hot magic tips. That's fascinating. So, so yep. That is a thing I for sure did not think existed. Me but either. Now that you say it kind of makes, sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So in addition to like high finance guys, there's like your regular run of the mill day traders of the magic, the gathering economy. Uh, one such guy is a guy named, uh, Jeremy Aronson. At one point he owned six black lotuses. Wow. Yeah. Which is like, of course the Holy grail of yeah, magic, yeah. the gathering cards. The, he was asked by the reporter who was doing this story. Uh, how he made a living from like trading Magic the Gathering cards. He has this like very extensive quote, which I will read to you here. So his whole thing is like, I'm going to travel internationally and buy and sell Magic the Gathering cards. Okay. So quote, we have a fixed cost of about five to five hundred to a thousand dollars a week in Japan. You go over there with a bunch of fetch lands, a card that generally uh, that efficiently generates mana that you bought here presumably for forty dollars, or a Misty Rainforest that sells for seventy dollars in the state. 
You can get $70 on a Force of Will in Japan and use that for a credit bump on cards that don't see play. And then you go, once you get over there, you can get a card called Soul Ring, which is the most popular card. In English, it's a dollar, and in Japanese, it's like anywhere from 10, to 50, 10 cents to 50 cents. So you buy a thousand of those, and when you come back here, you sell those soul rings you bought for a dollar for like three to four dollars American, <laughs> right? Really nickel and dime. It? <laughs> Cyclonic Rift is another. They were three hundred yen for a long time, and they're worth twenty dollars here in the states. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, when the reporter asked him, "How does any of this work on your taxes?" Apparently, he's just like, "You'd need to talk to my accountant." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And this is like, this guy's twenty five, and crazy. I'm I'm thirty five, and I'm still using the ten forty easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's like my my financial situation is total totally like I live in a different world. Than yeah. That guy. <laughs> the thing that's like super interesting uh, is that like a lot of this is really stable as far as like value goes. Huh. Um, for most people, it's like a good way to cash out of volatile commodities and put their money into little sleeves of cardboard. <laughs> and like the be- best example is in 2017, after Bitcoin hit an all time high, uh, people began to cash out and invest money in rare magic, the gathering cards <laughs> because they held their value better. That's crazy. Oh man. Right. So at, when the point when Bitcoin reached $17,000 for one mm-hmm. Bitcoin's per- currently over 50,000. Yeah. Fun fact. One customer called an online vendor and asked how much an alpha, an alpha Black Lotus was and how many did the store have. Uh, when the owner said 16 k and he had three, the potential buyer asked if there was a discount for buying in bulk. Uh, when he was told no, he hung up the phone. Uh, and then 15 minutes later, he called back and bought all three. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So did you see that there was something on Reddit and it was like this uh, video game tournament in like the early 2000s or something like that. And like first prize was like $100. Second prize was like 75 Third through fifth prize was like 25 Bitcoins. Oh, and it's like, yeah. wow. And it's just like like eight i think it was like aged like milk and it was just like oh my god like can you imagine, can you imagine for that? real when bitcoin spikes there's a huge there's usually this huge rush to buy up like rare magic the gathering cards <laughs> <laughs> like because again it's like so much less volatile it doesn't have the same sort of like market you know fluctuations yeah. but i as- also find it funny that like that's the same demographic like the demographic of people that buy bitcoin Bitcoins? are magic the gathering yeah, purchasers <laughs> at, at one point, one of the largest big Bitcoin exchanges on the internet said that 70% of their exchanges were from Magic the Gathering buys. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's this very unregulated market that like just doesn't get like the government can't get any of its like hands on yeah. because you can't tax a Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. And if somebody buys a bunch of Magic the Gathering cards, what are you going to do? Tax the cards? Like, yeah. No. You owe us half of that card. Exactly. Why? Yeah. Like we all I can tax you on is the uh, profit you've made from the sale right. over the purchase. Yep. Um, so you have like this is like the perfect way for like dark money transactions to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, oh, oh, that's terrible! Like for some reason now, all I can think is like I'll give you this black lotus for thirty-five tons of cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> some guys like slide across a briefcase. He opens up yeah. just one black lotus in the center of the briefcase. Yeah. I, I sold yeah. a bunch of bitcoins to buy this black lotus to buy cocaine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's a weird, it's a weird economy. Yeah, and then I take my cocaine sales and I invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, <laughs> that's very nice. Um, the most recent example of this was an Alpha Mint Black Lotus that was signed by the artist mm. uh, before his death. Like, oh boy! So uh, that has that recently sold at auction for five hundred and eleven thousand oh. dollars. Yeah. 
Uh, it easily makes it worth more than its weight in plutonium. That's crazy. That like, is absolutely It costs nuts. less to buy plutonium than it did to buy this card. And I can't buy either of those things. I can't buy either of those I things. Can't get exactly. I can't get my hands on either of those. <laughs> it's such a... It's, it's God such knows a, I've tried. It's, <laughs> such so a, it's such a finance meme that even Martin Shkreli, like that pharmacy, yeah. that pharma bro dude, was yeah. like... He was like in the market to buy a mint Black Lotus because he was a purveyor of fine things. Oh. And he just couldn't get... Couldn't get it. He went to jail first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for being a jerk. It causes like all these people to gain like a lot of money, but it also totally skews the cost of playing Magic the Gathering competitive. Oh, sure. because if you're just doing it to play the game, right. then you're not doing it as an investment. Yeah. So in 2017, uh, with the modern meta that was currently like considered, oh, this is what you would need in order to win a tournament, your decks could cost anywhere from $595 to over 1600 it just depends on like what's your style. That's like Kingdom Death Monster money. Yeah, yeah. I don't got Kingdom Death Monster money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other sites uh, are like w- really looking to like cash in on a lot of this. There are boutique Magic the Gathering sites that will help you finance a deck. That's crazy. Yeah, like wow. you can make payments on a Magic the Gathering deck. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Um, this this is a new world. Yeah, like I didn't know existed. I uh, know I couldn't get over all. I couldn't get over any of this. It was really crazy. With all of this like money floating around, like of course it's like led to some kind of bad actions by you folks. Don't, you Shocking. don't say. Yeah, um, money so. never goes downhill. <laughs> no, right? You're gonna find this hard to believe. <laughs> That if you could make like a bunch of money playing Magic the Gathering or buying and selling cards, like you're going to do some nefarious stuff. There's been documented cases of like sellers who get together and they buy up all of a card and artificially drive up the price and then sell it all at once and then crater the market for that card. That's a real jerk thing to do. Real jerk thing to do. Others rely on like, again, like the hot tips and insider information to make business moves. Uh, Chapman and Chilcott actually worked together on an insider trading tip on a private discord where they uh, said they had heard about this new format of magic called pioneer, Mm -hmm. which would let you use once banned older cards in new tournament play. They basically bought up a lot of different cards and then flipped them for, for like two to 300% profit on those cards. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, Here's my problem. I have no way to get an insider tip. That's the thing. Like, who do I know? Nobody. I, I certainly don't know anyone who knows enough about magic to give me an insider tip. I feel yeah. like if I got an insider tip from the people I know, it's not going to be a very good tip. You know what, Tim? Yeah. I'll give you yeah, an insider Dave, tip. <laughs> tell me the name of a card, and I will purchase all I can find. Yeah. Problem one, name, name a, a card. card. <laughs> name yeah. a card. Don't Black say Lotus. Black Lotus, because <laughs> I can't get that. <laughs> so uh, Swamp. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy all the swamp. So Chapman was like, he, he was kind of talking about it. He's like, well, this insider trading, like, sometimes it just doesn't work out because it's a bad tip. Sure. And, like, you'll lose money. But then sometimes, like, it'll work out and you'll make a ton of money. Yeah. It just sort of depends on the situation. That and, makes uh, sense to me. Yeah. You mean, like, the stock market? <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, exactly. A lot of casual fans in the hobby really hate that this ultra-capitalistic culture has, like, kind of infiltrated into it. As a fan of board games... I hate that an ultra capitalistic yeah. uh, mentality has entered my board games. Yeah, um, so talking about you, Hasbro, Hasbro, <laughs> damn, damn you, Hasbro. Yeah, but don't so, you monopoly me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, unfortunately, like I said, you know, we talked about like just the fact that Hasbro profited one over a billion dollars mm-hmm. in just Magic the Gathering cards. Like yeah. that money's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's so crazy. I think that this is probably going to be like a thing that a lot of players are going to have to like deal with. Like, again, if you want to win a tournament, you have to be willing to spend 
X amount of dollars to have a competitive deck. That is insane. Maybe I'll do an experiment. I wonder how much a box of magic cards costs. Mm, Maybe I'll buy a box and Mm -hmm. experiment just to see how much I could sell it for and see if I can make at least make my money back on that box. I'm in, Dan. I'll finance half of it. We go 50 50. Yeah, we'll go 50 50. I already have the, the eBay stuff all set up, so that wouldn't be the problem. But and we'll, yeah, we'll see if it works. Like, can you buy a box? Can you of buy magic a box cards? and make? I mean, it, obviously, it's luck based, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, if it's like forty bucks for a box of cards, like I'm fine. It's with an that. interesting oh, yeah. experiment to kind of see. Like, yeah, what what can I turn this into for sure? We'll update every week. <laughs> yep. This week we're still down money. <laughs> this week we are down forty dollars. Yep. So uh, as these traders are forced to navigate this maze of ith in order to do a frontier siege on all those untapped swamps, it's going to take a Yudvara Hellkite in order to destroy that paradox engine. I assume those were all excellent Magic the Gathering references. Yeah, Mark were they? Made. They every, are. Every one of them right over my head. They are, and I don't know what any of them mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, booster box. Oh. Yep, so there you go. That's the, oh, that's the that story of the weird secondary market that of Magic was, the Gathering. That was very interesting. Yeah. I, it reminded me almost a little bit of the tulip bulb market. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the more things change, Dave, yeah, the more, more they, they stay the same. So I'm at, okay, this is more than I expected, but a Magic the Gathering Theros B. Beyond Death booster box is ninety four dollars. It's not crazy, but no, you get houses, I'm fine but you get five hundred and forty cards. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if we could sell those cards for one dollar each. Yeah. <laughs> So the thing I thought was pretty interesting was that the uh, the guy who runs that MTG Fast Finance podcast, yeah. he did like an informal poll that was like, "Hey, how much money have you made like flipping Magic the Gathering cards?" and the categories were absolutely insane. Like the the lowest one was zero to forty five thousand dollars, and I'm like, <laughs> it's a wide range of money. Yeah. Sure, I've made twelve dollars. Yeah. Therefore, I, I have yeah. zero. To- so they they talked to this one finance guy whose name is totally escapes me, but he was like, oh yeah, using my uh, he's like a he's finance and also uh, Magic the Gatherer competitive player. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, using my insider knowledge of the economy, I've been able to turn like all of these cards. Uh, into these cards, which has netted me like dozens of cents in profit. It was very funny. That's really yeah, and funny. it was it's like weird. You have like these weird finance guy. Like there was this one Magic the Gathering guy uh, who en- who ended up like running a hedge fund. Oh man, it's wow. very bizarre. Yeah, like this. It's a long article, but I certainly re- I'm going to refer you guys to the footnotes, like all the listeners. If it's from Wired, um, and it's like a really long form piece, but like it covers some really crazy stuff that I didn't talk about. And That's crazy. I definitely recommend it. It's very cool. Hmm. That's it. We're gonna flip a box of magic cards. Boom! Just to flip see. it. Just we're gonna to be see. rich. Well, well, after we sell it, like we're gonna have to retire from the podcast. Yeah, like we're just gonna have so much money. For, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna, um, I don't know what to maybe do. I'll, it's gonna maybe be really I'll buy weird. Australia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <can't, laughs> seriously. I can't imagine Australia would cost that much. I'm gonna buy Australia. I'm gonna get rid of all those deadly animals there. All those filthy, filthy tarantulas. Step one, chlamydia-ridden koalas. Get yeah, rid of yeah. You're done here. Unless you're eating spiders, you're yeah. out of here. I don't care how cute you are. Yeah. Get That's away right. from me. I'm going to walk in and say, good eye, Sheila, and then just get mauled to death by some animal. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... I'd make it all of like four hours in Australia. I'm going to take all my money. I'm going to buy koala bear chastity belts so, oh, they, can't yeah. start, so they can't spread it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Now that's a gold, golden ticket idea. Yeah. <laughs> 
eat, eat, <laughs> they eat eucalyptus, you know. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is episode number forty-five. Uh, if you ever have a question or suggestion or anything, uh, you just want to say hi. Send us an email at <laughs> randomdrawpodcast at gmail dot com. Check out our Instagram. Not a lot going on there, but once we start our Magic the Gathering flipathon, mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh, yeah. we'll put it up there. We'll take pictures, and I, I don't know. We'll <laughs> mark our progress. I don't yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> and if you know anything and want to help us out about this whole deal. Give, this is what I need from anybody. Uh-huh. An insider tip. An insider tip. <laughs> but also, right now, I have no idea what booster box to even buy. Like, just point me in that direction. Yeah. Like, this booster box is current meta. Or might be current meta. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Literally anything. Like, I understand that things change. I get it. Just like, give me, like, your most up-to-date just, information. Yeah, just, like, point me in a direction, because right now I'm basing everything off of zero information. Like, yeah. what box do I think looks the coolest? I'm going to get in trouble for outsider trading. <laughs> yeah, outsider trading. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out our uh, both Twitter and Facebook, yeah, ran man. by Mark, our very own Mark Lyle. Hit me up on Twitter, at RandomDrawPod, and Facebook, go to the magnifying glass, click the thing, yeah. search for random Random drop pod. Search for the thing. Search for the thing. I'll be there tapping swamps and flipping hill kites and and trolling other Facebook pages. I'll be prying open uh, clams looking for mox pearls. Oh, that's where they come from? Yeah, we're doing it wrong. Dave, we have to buy clams. (laughs) (laughs) Invest in clams. Invest in clams. (laughs) And now for something completely different. I did watch some professional crokinole. I've watched some too. Those guys are incredible. They're quite good. Makes me feel just terrible. Like when I get a good shot, I'm like, oh man, I should be on the tour or and whatever. Apparently, like the two times ever that I managed to both <laughs> knock a piece off the board and get it in the center, I felt like a crokinole god. Yeah. <laughs> but then the 99% of the time when I did not do that. Yeah, when I just whiffed a shot. Yeah. Apparently, one of the rules is you have to be seated. Like that's an official crokinole. Oh, really? Cro- oh, in the tournament. They play by yeah. different rules in the tournament. Yeah, you get scoring's different. Yes. Yeah, Scoring is different, and then also you're allowed to have. It's called the one cheek rule, where you can like lean as oh, long as you have one, one cheek. cheek on the chair. <laughs> is there a cheek judge? Yeah, where he like puts slides his hand underneath your lifted yeah, yeah, cheek yeah, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. sure you're still mm-hmm. touching. It's like the line judge in the NFL for sure. <laughs> it's just a butt watcher. <laughs> like, sir, that's, he raises you a do, flag. Could you do <laughs> palm? Could you do palm down, please, sir? <laughs> no, I, I have more tactile senses on the palm. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> fingers. I need to feel. Like, do you? Yeah, it's a feel if i'm on or not yeah it's very funny yeah i like the idea of there being a, a crokinole line judge who just like <laughs> only... stands off to the side and just watches you just watches you well, it's, then... been, it's been around we're not for... even talking about crokinole this episode i can't really put this in you can I mean, put it sure in you can you put it in it's, Everybody, just, it's, it's just guys riffing about buttons <laughs> it's wildly famous <laughs> yeah wildly popular we'll get to it this is a little preview that is yeah we're my little crokinole we're gonna play it so much more yeah we're gonna (laughs) play it a lot more so much more. i'm only willing to play it all of the time yeah (laughs) so much more i i think my wax comes this week before saturday so by saturday i should have that thing oh man i can't wait to like have no idea how slippery that thing's gonna be (laughs) and then my first shot is just gonna go all what are you gonna place. do with your wrist? Are you gonna get a brace? Yeah, I gotta get a brace, I guess. Right? Like, I mean, I <laughs> like a bowling brace, <laughs> <laughs> like a bowling brace. I need something to keep my wrist straight because, like I said, it was debilitating. I couldn't do anything with it the next game. It's embarrassing, day. right? I was hard to like text. <laughs> well, what a life you lead. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I, that was the issue. It was yeah, hard I to can't text. text yeah. right? I mean, Dave was right. I, did, I didn't follow through. I really needed to like have a pregame warm up and then a postgame ice bath. You should get one of those. Uh, you know how people get pads for. Like their mouse uh-huh. that's your wrist sets oh, under yeah. it. That's what you yeah. should get. Your wrist sets on it, then you can just 
smooth action. Yeah, I think, the board. I think that's the case. Or you could be a man and just stop <laughs> getting. <laughs> well, the thing is, that I need I need to really go like the Tony Gonzalez route and just become a vegan, and that's, that way I can you play think that's what'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just play Crokinole until I'm in my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> I think about like other dexterity games, and some before I got this, I was like, oh, my finger's gonna hurt so bad because some dexterity games like you're flicking, yeah. your finger ends up hurting, but not with Crokinole. Also, I feel less like I'm flicking because flicking to me usually flicking but yeah it implies like holding your finger back and then letting it go yeah and if you flick it that hard a couple times like it goes all over the place like you're not gonna ever see i was trying to bring the hammer down on another button i i rarely i don't ever do it i don't i did it one time just to see how it worked i slammed my finger into the corner of the board and it hurt very badly (laughs) yeah for sure yipe (laughs) dude kira though rocket fingers over there she doesn't care she She got the supple tendons of a young person her and amber have one one speed and it's all of the way it's and i tell them like maybe don't do that and they're like no it's it's better that way yeah <laughs> it's better <laughs> who right. needs finesse yeah like, i'm like honestly. all right well what if as long as you enjoy playing the game because i'm going to force you to like whatever gets you to play <laughs> the game yeah, i'm fine for with. sure for sure it was a it was a real pleasure buying your daughter a blizzard the other day for being oh, my man. teammate she was so she was so happy about yeah, it well you know thanks for being a good teammate kira you're the best she so she brings home that donate to the school or whatever and you get prizes thing mm-hmm. and gives you six blanks to put in email addresses i was like i don't know six people <laughs> <laughs> i'm like so like one of the email addresses is like my work email <laughs> but but we tried to just put in like two or three and then hit next because you get a code at the end of it that they bring back and they get like this stuffed animal just mm. for signing up so she was already like oh look at these they're amazing and like okay well all we'll right we have work. to do this now <laughs> if i have to make up six different email yeah addresses. well i clicked it and it's like no you have to fill out six i was like of course you do <laughs> so like just i was like these guys will be on the email i know two emails i know yep. three emails like candy dave and mark they're all in this now mm-hmm. yeah. i actually went on to see how it worked and i was like oh what would it take like how little could i donate did to get thirty dollars <laughs> and the problem is i looked at it and i was like oh she could be eligible for the first tier prize it's a it's pencil, a pencil yeah. with a squishy thing on the back and i was oh, like yeah. i don't care about that not that not enough if it was a cool prize but like she's like oh you can get a chromebook but chromebook's like the end prize yeah, that you have I'm to donate not, eight thousand dollars for i'm not rich enough to donate enough to get yeah. i was like i'll buy you a chromebook they're like yeah. 100 bucks it'll yeah. be cheaper for me to buy you It'll a chromebook seven thousand nine hundred dollars cheaper <laughs> well like so you could buy a gift card or you can order from this nonsense of overpriced things but if you order from the overpriced things from different companies at the three percent or whatever it yeah. doesn't count toward her yeah yeah i, so, I read well, the whole website weirdly enough. well wow. that's like the gift the gift <laughs> it's pandemic baby if I'm you so buy <laughs> if you buy the gift card it goes directly to the teacher and yeah. then the teacher can buy whatever which is actually needs. the only one i was interested in yeah me yeah. too that's all we're gonna do that and i mean she doesn't really care if she gets other prices the only thing she was like oh chromebook i was yeah. like first off to do your schoolwork you use a macbook so i don't know like <laughs> why you need a chromebook oh, but that's yeah. fine yeah, so she, it was just funny. We were sitting, Amber, we're both sitting there like, I don't know any email addresses. Yeah, that's a weird thing to have. It's like, I mean, it's crazy if you think about it. So you had like postal mail. Right? Yeah. And like that was hundreds of years. Well, I also don't know your postal address. Yeah, I could drive to both of your houses. Yeah. Zero issue. 
But if someone said, hey, what is Dan or Mark's address? I have no idea. I could I, drive you there. I, yeah. I can give you directions. I, will, <laughs> I, drive you. I, I can drive you there. I could physically put this letter in his hand. Yeah. I will and draw a map. that would be easier for me yeah. than getting Dan's address. I will old school draw you a map with an X at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to have any road names on it. No, 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 no. Mild landmarks. And the landmarks are going to be like, this is where the old schoolhouse used to be. <laughs> Just the most useless of landmarks. The, the only roads I know are 24 and 1. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't, don't take either on one. one. You don't take either <laughs> no, one of those. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's quick. I bought a new car, and it has like this navigation that it comes from your phone. The navigation comes from your phone, and so the map's always up there. And I'm just learning names of roads like nonstop now. I'm like, wow, this is. Do you amazing. want a job at the postal service? No, you'd be a shoe in. I'd be, I'd be like, look at me go. Yeah, I Dave, I had to drive back by where your mom's house was the other day. Oh, so yeah. I was buying a broken espresso machine. That would be another for, one of my uh, landmarks. You know, it's back where my mom used to live. I can't believe that. <laughs> That whole golf course is gone. I didn't yeah, know is that. It really? It's yeah. all gone. It's, it's all gone. That's why I moved. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, it's like totally gone now. And it's just like clear cut. Everything's going to build there. Mm-hmm. But I went to like the fancy pants houses on the other side. Oh, yeah. The rich people area. Yeah. They sold me a broken uh, espresso machine for $10. So I'm okay with it. But <laughs> I uh, – so when I'm talking to this guy – we use this Nextdoor app that's like your development can have Nextdoor. It's like Facebook local for your development, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I saw on there this marketplace are selling this. So I contact them like, hey, I want to buy that. And they go, okay, just give us a call. And I give them the email. So I, I call. They don't answer. And the message is like the oldest lady in the world. And she's like, <laughs> if we don't answer unknown calls, if you don't leave a message, we will block you. <laughs> what is happening here? So I like leave a message and then they call me back a few minutes later. I'm talking to the guy and it's so weird talking to somebody you don't know just trying to set up a transaction. Mm, right. So I don't know if they want to meet me somewhere, mm-hmm. but apparently they'll block your call, but they will give me their address. <laughs> so, so I ask him, I go, hey, can you just send me your address through Nextdoor? It's a secure app and it's a private message directly to me. They go, no, I don't want my address on the internet. And I, in my head I go, I know where your house is on Nextdoor. But I don't say that. I'm just like... I'm just like, oh, all right, fine. Yeah, sure. Also, and, I guarantee your address is on the internet. Yeah, I was just like, oh, okay, fine. And then they go, I'd rather text it to you. I go, okay, like, sure, that's way more secure. But I, I was like, I, I was like, first off, I'm a total stranger, but fine. And so I go to their very fancy house, and mm-hmm. they their front door is huge, those, and it's those, like those ones are nice, so there. nice. Yeah, this front door is huge. All glass. So I'm just looking in their house at all of their nice stuff. And uh, <laughs> it's not weird at all. Yeah. So I ring their doorbell and the guy like scurries by. Herman, like, there's I a red haired yeah, bandit out I there. See you, sir. Like he like scurries into the kitchen uh-huh. and this espresso machine's big. So he like comes out and there's like no small talk in this transaction. It's like we're dealing drugs. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Huge. Well, you don't ask questions. No. Yeah. So he like opens the door just enough to get this espresso machine out. And it's <laughs> enormous. So I'm like trying to hand him $10 and like hold the espresso machine. And uh, I told him that I was going to try to fix it. But I don't know anything about espresso machines. I sold it broken already. So like I was just needed to pick it up and ship it to someone else who paid more than the ten dollars for Boom, it. flip it yeah so yeah. but anyway the lady's like well good luck and i was like yeah okay and she's like banging the bag of <laughs> utensils into the door i'm like oh my god this is the weirdest experience of my life yeah and then finally as i was turning into the development there's like this big huge sign that says like owners only visitors use front gate and i go well this gate's 
open. So I'm going to drive <laughs> I'm gonna through this, this gate. I don't plan on coming back. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, as I'm leaving, there was like a group of three people and they were like mean mugging me. It's obvious I don't live there. I'm Watching a poor you. person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look like I, I look am. like I'm a poor person. I'm <laughs> wearing a hoodie and a hat. As opposed like, to an Afghan in a uh, vest. Yeah, a street youth. <laughs> like, but they were just like me. I was like, I know I don't live here. I'm sorry. I went in the wrong entrance for your massive development. Here's what you do. You roll down the window and then you just speak Spanish at them. <laughs> I should have rolled down the window and said, hey, who has the nicest stuff here? <laughs> Which house has the nicest yeah. stuff? You know the easiest way to get away with that is just like, I can't find my grandparents' house. Like, that is all you have get to say. Get away with what, though? <laughs> I wasn't doing anything wrong. I don't know. Whatever you, know, you with, want, with, Dan. With, you know, burgling their espresso machine. Yeah. I guess. For $10. <laughs> I was like, well, in my head, I was like, maybe I can fix this. Because if I fix it, I could sell it for like $200. But then as soon as I get it back, I just am looking at it. I don't even know how to turn it on. Yeah. So I'm like – and then I was thinking like, oh, then I'll need to test it. And I was like, well, I don't know how to make an espresso. <laughs> so like even if I make something, I won't know if it's right if I'm drinking it. Like yeah, it tastes terrible. It all tastes bad. Yeah, maybe that's it. Man, that's fun. I yeah, did work at a, a coffee time. shop for three months. That is the one part I could do for you. I you could, could turn it on. And I could make the espresso. I cannot fix it. I have no. no idea how they work. Well, and then I like looked up online and like one of the main causes was like this one fuse is bad. So you have to like solder off that fuse and replace it with this other fuse. And I was like, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> That's no. Like, oh, That's oh, more did work. you like working in a coffee shop? I said three months. Okay. I believe that should tell you something. I mean, That's I don't know. Nearly like, a career. Here's the problem. I was also like slash waiter. So, like, we had an espresso mm-hmm. machine and all that, but I was waiting tables. The only time in my life I ever waited tables, I am very bad at that job. <laughs> like, like shockingly bad. And I'm fine with being a people person. Like, I give tours at a brewery. I host trivia at, at local restaurants. Like, mm-hmm. it was not walking up to tables and talking to them that was my issue. It was when you walk by a table and they go, hey, man, can I get some ranch dressing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then as you walk by another table, they go, uh, hey, is my food almost ready? And you're like, who are you? I don't remember if I placed your order. <laughs> and then by the time you get to the kitchen, you have no idea what's going on. And then you pick up a tray and then you drop it. And then all the food has to be remade. That is the experience I had <laughs> being a waiter. I, I'm like always so impressed when like a waiter or waitress comes up to the table and they are not writing anything down. I've and seen. then everything comes out right. I'm like, good on you. I yeah. would write stuff down and still mess up people's orders. Like, I, w- I am a legitimately bad waiter. And I've never been truly bad at much I've tried in my life. Because I, I think that most of the time, like, if you just try at things, yeah. mm-hmm. you will eventually at least reach a mediocre level You'll of being able to do it. Yeah. This is one of the only times <laughs> of my life. Like, I just... Who had to read, me, man. Who had to read your handwriting, though? Me! That's the worst. Was, oh, yeah, that's the problem. You put it in digitally. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Like, hmm, what could yeah. I have meant by that? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's either an E or a W. I'm assuming this doesn't say chicken frienders. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ten chicken frienders. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> so I, many. I was the worst. Pe- people would come in and the hostess would be like, hey, you have another table. And I'd be like, can you skip me in the rotation? Like, can I just have every other table yeah. in the rotation? I, listen, I need one table. Yeah, I don't care if I make deal. a bunch of money. <laughs> I just, I got to get through this one. Yeah. <laughs> I need to, I need to focus. I've got to be one. honest. Table 17 is like Vietnam over there, man. <laughs> and they're like, Dave, that's a two top. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one too many. <laughs> 
I realize what I want to do is I want to be a bartender during the slowest days of lunch. Yeah. Okay. With like two people at the bar and no tables in the restaurant. Yeah. So you could, yeah. or like an old timey bar. So yeah. I could chat up the people at the mm-hmm. bar. I don't need to focus on too much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like I, I have a better. huge selection at home. I love mixing drinks. Mm-hmm. I love talking to people, hearing new stories. Like I would be so good at old timey bartender. Yeah. But like having to be on your game and be a good waiter, I was the worst. No, I can't I, imagine that being a bartender is like a super lot of fun either. Like during, especially not like, now. If you work at a not busy, now. Yeah. Like or especially if you like work at a busy like restaurant yeah, like, here in Rehoboth. Not, like, yeah, you're whatever. not talking to people. You're not like yeah. You're just pumping out drinks. Yeah, but you could also work for four months in the summer and make you make more a ton than of money, we make in for a sure. year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have friends who do it and they you you work like 90 hours a week yeah. and it's all you do all summer but like then you take eight months off so mm-hmm. yeah but it's the worst eight months <laughs> it's very true actually a, a, a lot of them live in florida <laughs> they just come up here yeah, that's not, you just named another bad thing yeah. <laughs> say what you will about chick-fil-a so kira got a report card and we're like it was awesome so we're like you could pick dinner and i'm like oh god please pick Moe's. but she <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was like my key to get Moe's. but she's uh-huh. like chick Chick-fil-A, which is fine. I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Say what you want about their uh, thoughts on people or religion <laughs> or any of that. that are outside yeah. of the heteronormative Right. Persuasion. Say what you want yeah. about all that, but they make a good chicken sandwich. I mean, as far as bigot chicken goes. It's delicious. <laughs> and, and also, they have mastered, like, the fast food drive through during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, they have mastered it. Yeah, they're very good. It's so good and so fast, and there's a 100 cars there, and somehow I navigate it. But those people are – and every time, I'm like, they're going to – this wrong – this time, when I get up to that cashier, he's not going to know who I am. And every time, he's like, Dan? Like, that's amazing. (laughs) I don't know how you – That's incredible. I don't know how you do it, right? Facial recognition technology. (laughs) (laughs) It's all because step one, you put your address – (laughs) <laughs> on the internet yep. you put your address on the internet step two you look at your phone step three have you gotten a vaccine yeah <laughs> i can't wait yeah I... the vaccines are actually chick-fil-a's way to yeah. track you in their yeah. drive this is a big chick-fil-a yeah. scam yeah. i'm I... starting it right it's here working. right now official conspiracy theory q and on all up. vaccines yep. are yep. chick-fil-a making sure they can have an efficient <laughs> drive-through yeah well because i can't it... wait for their uh, step four which is cyborg workers <laughs> You know, I like Chick-fil-A a lot, but you know what I wish they made? Like a burger. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just want a burger, I but I want it to be fast. I don't actually love Chick-fil-A. Of all the fast foods, like, they're not one of my favorites. I love a chicken sandwich. If I'm doing chicken, which I haven't done in I'd rather a pop, substantial amount of time. Yeah, Popeyes or KFC, I well, think. But, that's, but that's not chicken sandwiches. Like... That's they, like, have, they have yeah, but they are severely subpar. Like if I'm Ooh. getting chick, they are. They are. It, 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 listen, say what you will. Listen, I haven't had a chicken sandwich in years, so like, is I'm it gonna take your word for it? I think it's because they haven't. They've already microchipped Dan. They've gotten to. Yeah, it. that's it. It's it. it just he's it been just, through that drive-through one too many times. Their chicken sandwiches are subpar. Like Chick Fil A, that's all they do: chicken sandwiches, right? Yeah. And like these other people got to make all of the chicken. Here's a Chick Fil A, just chicken sandwiches. Here's a chicken. hot take: you'll highly disagree with them. Yes. Okay, I think the original chicken sandwich. From Burger King, that like processed chicken. That's flat not thing. chicken, like the long patty. <laughs> that is better than a Chick Fil A no, chicken sandwich. No, that's the, the dumbest. I remember that take. being really good. <laughs> that's the single dumbest take I've ever heard. I disagree. Like... <laughs> I'll have a dumber take earlier in this episode. <laughs> I. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> <It's very true. laughs> I do like Arby's 
uh, chicken bacon Swiss, though. Oh, those that were good. The oh, they had a the honey mustard corn- mm-hmm. situation. It's, chicken cordon bleu from Arby's. Also that very was good. Where it was at. When I mm. I grew up on the West Coast and out there, it is called Carl's Jr., not yep. Hardee's. Oh, but yeah. But they had a chicken Swiss sandwich. All I remember this was twenty years ago. So, <laughs> uh, but I remember it being amazing. And Hardee's doesn't have it. So, oh, that sucks. I don't know if chicken. I don't know if Carl's Jr. still has it. Mm. Do you guys ever roll with the uh, Jack in the Box? Jack in the Box, I like perfectly yeah. fine. It was no Church's chicken, Jack- chicken and biscuits. Jack, Jack in the Box mm. is the first time I ever had mayonnaise on a burger. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I thought it was just a normal thing. It is not a normal thing, but that is a normal thing for Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is what comes on their I burger. I throw mayo on a burger. I like it now. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. Yeah, Church's Chicken. I went to a church's, church's Chicken once, and, like, the dude in the back who was making all of the chicken was clearly sick. <laughs> <laughs> like sick of his job no nope. no sick with influenza probably gotcha. sick yeah. of being healthy <laughs> yeah he was like hacking <clears throat> and then he's like battering chicken and like coughing throwing it in directly the into his gloves <laughs> oh, i just remember he was like super sweaty too oh, no. and i'm looking at this like wad of chicken just on that you just stuffed like, it in yourself yeah of course like what are you gonna do, you gonna do? i paid for, for it I, I done paid for it back when i lived in florida <laughs> Oklahoma, I, times is hard <laughs> Well, I went to a, a Southern Baptist church, and it was a rather large church. And every month in the summer, they would have church socials. Yep. And they'd put up these big tents outside, and they would have it catered by church's chicken. hey And it would oh. just be this, like, swath of tables just full of, like, these massive piles of as much chicken as you can imagine and biscuits and oh yeah i was i was was good i was was really good i was a big fan of the communion biscuits (laughs) fried communion biscuits (laughs) fried chicken is so legit it's so good so good good. we i hadn't had fried chicken in so long and we're like where do you buy fried chicken that's not crazy expensive because we had it months and months ago at one of the quick stop (laughs) no thank you we had (laughs) we had it uh, a f- fried half chicken at one of the restaurants in Rehoboth. So nice. it was like $50 for yeah, some chicken. Well, you know, but it was delicious. Rehoboth for so you. we're like, let's get some chicken. And neither one of us had had Popeye's like actual fried chicken. Mm-hmm. I've had a million other things from there. Mm-hmm. But we got it, and it was like $30 oh my God, for really? like the family meal. It's expensive. Seems like a lot. It is. It's expensive. It was like 12-piece family meal plus two sides and a biscuit and a drink or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. You could get the spicy chicken and regular chicken in a mixed, mm-hmm. and that's the way to go. It was yeah. delicious, and I was so sick the next day. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> my, I'll t- never forget, my tummy had melted. I'll never forget the one time before Paula Deen got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Back when I, butter was good. <laughs> yeah. Before butter and Paula Deen got canceled. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had this recipe for red velvet chicken. Nice. And I made it, and I was dog sick the next day. But yeah, it was so you're, good. Because your body was I mean, because you're not revolt. supposed to fry cake and chicken. Like, mm. But I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I was hemorrhaging because like the next morning when it came time to get yeah. rid of the fried chicken, <laughs> Paladine had some terrible choices on people, yeah, but great ideas on food. Yeah. I remember when we just didn't like, know she uh, was racist, just like Chick Fil A. <laughs> Not so yeah, hot. Pauline Chick Fil A, yeah. like, not, not like, not like so, your take on butter. Not so good. Not so good on people. Yeah, great on food. You know, I, I like. I like that there was a there was a time like in the not too distant past where we were capable of surprise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like, really, like looking back and like listening to Pauline, you probably should have yeah, known. I was just like an old white woman from the <laughs> south. Yeah, like, you I'm should sure. have known. I assumed it was clogged arteries talking at that point. <laughs> she was butter drunk. <laughs> butter drunk. I've been there. Game over, man. Game over!